1: With his own nicotine pouches.
0: This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. At Nashville International Raceway, quickly, let's get into the starting lineup. Back in row 14, James Hilton of Inman, South Carolina, the Palatine Auto Parts Pontiac, and J.D. McDuffie of Sanford in the Max Stores Pontiac. 26th position, Lenny Pott of Chester, Virginia, the Gordon Racing Buick. 25th starter is Daryl Sage of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. 24th starter, Buddy Arrington of Martinsville, Virginia, in the Jim Hill Racing Dodge, and Lake Speed of Jackson, Michigan, in the Yazoo Moores Racing Buick. In the 11th row, 22nd position, Slick Johnson, Florence, South Carolina, the Johnson Racing Buick, and D.K. Eldrick from Harrisburg, North Carolina in the Eldrick Racing Buick.
1: In row number ten, Tommy Gale and Jimmy Means. In the ninth row, Kyle Petty with Dave Marcus. In row number eight, Ricky Rudd, the fastest second-day qualifier with Richard Petty. The seventh row is Jody Ridley and Dale Earnhardt. In row number six, Bobby Allison and Jeff Bodine. Then in the front five rows, the first-day qualifiers, Bill Elliott and Terry Labotti in row five. In the fourth row, Harry Gantt with Mark Martin. In row number three, Joe Rutman and Ron Bouchard. In the second row, Tim Richmond and Daryl Waltrip. And up front, Buddy Baker and the J.D. Stacy Pontiac outside of Morgan Shepard. The Bush pole position winner with a speed
0: of 103.959 miles per hour. Capacity crowd looks to be on hand tonight, and they should see a good one. As they come down to the line, Morgan Shepard and Buddy Baker door to door, and the green flag waves and we go racing here at Nashville. Shepard gets the inside groove, hauls it off into turn one. Boy, Morgan came to
2: race. Morgan Shepard quickly jumping out to a two car length lead. Waltrip scoots around. Buddy Baker takes over second. Tim Richmond side by side with Ron Bouchard for fourth. Mark Martin rides fifth
0: with Joe Rutman. They'll string it out the first time around as Shepard will lead the first lap of the Bush 420 as he brings them down to the line. Waltrip second. Baker third. Fourth right now. Richmond fifth. Ron Bouchard sixth is Joe Rutman. They're back in turn one.
2: Shepard who won the pole for the first time this year. Looks like he came to race for sure. Nobody told him it was going to be easy but he's making it look that way as he builds a three car length lead over Waltrip. Going down the back stretch.
1: Shepard cuts it down low in turn three, drifts it high off the fourth corner. Single file back through the first nine positions. Then Harry Gantt tucks in line just ahead of Jeff Bodine as Bill Elliott fights with Bobby Allison. That's back at 11th position. That's
2: a pretty good battle right now. Allison is down on the low side of the racetrack, but he's boxed in by Bodine. He's got Richard Petty two spots behind him. A lot of the old dogs of NASCAR way back in the pack tonight.
0: Single file now back through about the eighth or ninth position as they work off the number four corner. Back to the line. Shepard still in front. Walter Bright second. Baker is third and don't be surprised if Baker puts on a good run here tonight. He's won at this racetrack before. He hasn't been here in three years. 1979, the last time Baker was on the track. They're back in three.
2: That lead trio has opened up a good separation now over Tim Richmond. Perhaps ten car lengths back to the
0: fourth place man as Shepard, Waltrip, and Baker work off turn four. Front three have broken away by about ten car lengths. Back to fourth spot, Tim Richmond having a battle right now with Ron Bouchard. As they work off into turn number one, Ruttman tries to catch him for that fifth position.
2: Beauty of Saturday night short track Boy, you can get in there and mix it up. Allison is still post to doorpost with Bill Elliott, and they've run that way for about four laps now as Allison tries to find an inside line around Nashville.
1: In that race for the fourth spot, Tim Richmond not as strong as Bouchard going into the corner, but he's getting off the turn very well. They stay single file to that fourth and fifth place battle. Richmond, Bouchard, then it's Joe Rutman, Mark Martin, Terry Labonte, and Harry Gant. Well, you couldn't pile
2: that lead trio any tighter. Right under Shepard's deck is... Uh, the 11 car of Daryl Walter as Daryl tried to make a move there. Looked like he was going to go underneath, but there wasn't room. If anybody knows his way around Nashville, it is there the uh, Daryl Waltrip automobile. Buddy
0: Baker, very impressive here as he knows that he has not lost the short track touch. Dale Earnhardt trying to move up through the field, having a little problem in his Ranger Ford. And Ned, the key here tonight, is certainly going to be handling on this short track.
3: It always is, Barney. As the race goes on, the track will get slicker and the handling qualities of the car will become more important. There's Walter trying to make a move.
0: Walter took a look down on the inside, pulled up there for a second. He's still there. He's not backing out of the throttle. He's wedged himself inside
2: the left rear quarter of Morgan Shepard. It looks like Walter wants to make the move. Let's see how the car's working on
0: the low side as they hit turn three. Walter down on the inside groove, quick way around the racetrack. If the car will stick, he may get a shot at taking the lead as they come across the line. Shepard just out horsepowers him and leads him back into the number one corner, makes him tuck back in single file. Now well, Morgan knows a fair bit
2: about setting up a car for a short track, and he's got that number 98 machine dialed in very well as he stands the gap here of the former track champion Darrell Waltrip and holds the lead in turn three and four. So
3: Barney, we're talking about the handling qualities of the car as Waltrip tries him again as he come off of turn four. He set his car up here in May so he'd work down on the inside of the racetrack and right now he's down on the inside of Shepard if he can keep it down there all night he'll be tough to beat.
2: He's got a run at him this time Waltrip is alongside the leader
0: but again Shepard powers off the outside and hangs on. Buddy Baker right there with the best seat in the house for this show hometown favorite Darrell Walter trying to get into the lead and the fans are cheering him on here tonight at Nashville Tennessee but Morgan Shepard is making him work for every inch on that speedway and again he shuts the door on him down in turn one but Walker is still there. Walker's determined to make that low line work each time now through one and two he's coming up the inside he's getting
2: alongside Shepard but he can't get the dig off the corner he's got to turn it just a little bit tighter coming onto the backstretch, and he hasn't been able to make it work yet
1: as that happens Bouchard goes underneath Richmond for fourth and for six Lebon gets underneath Mark Martin to so the outside groove. Shepard
0: has a good jump off that corner. Waltrip can't do anything with him on the bottom of the racetrack. There is a heck of a race going on for the lead right now. A super good battle going on for fifth spot. And from sixth, seventh, eighth through tenth back, they've really been knocking some sheet metal here at Nashville. Right now, Waltrip continues to work on Morgan Shepard. And Shepard, again, has shut him down every time he's got up alongside. He's pushed him back in behind. He's added again over in turn number two. This is the pattern. Waltrip down low. Shepard up high. Shepherd's making it work in that race for fifth, Barney. There's
2: a little paint swapping the last lap by. Bouchard came inside Tim Richmond. And they scuffed metal a little bit as they came off turn two. Bouchard had the inside line, made the pass, and he's now got about three car lengths on Richmond, who's back in fifth after they swapped a little paint.
0: Good scramble all the way back through the pack. Waltrip came across the line that time about four inches short of leading a lap, and they go door-to-door again, and he is determined to get the lead as they head back for three. He's about four inches behind Morgan Shepard as they hit turn three, and now as Waltrip comes back up the inside, he may
2: lead his first lap tonight.
1: Here's the best shot he's had at it as they come to the stripe. It will be Waltrip by half a car length, but going to turn one up in that high groove, Morgan Shepard pulls back alongside as they go for the
2: back stretch. They're going to stay that way for a while if the pass pattern will prevail here. Now, Waltrip Waltrip scoots inside. Maybe he can get clean in front. Nope. Shepard comes right back around the outside, and they're still side by side.
0: They keep racing exactly like it's the last lap, and they're going to get the checkered flag. Waltrip will again lead a lap as he pulls Shepard across, and for the moment, Morgan seems content to just ride there for the time being. As they head back into turn number two, it is Waltrip in front. Morgan Shepard rides second. Buddy Baker is right there. He hasn't had a piece of the action, but he's been less than a half a car length or a full car length back in that third spot. Meanwhile, Terry, Terry Labonte has broken the pack from
2: sixth spot, and he's pulling away from Harry again. He's now set his sights on Tim Richmond, the fifth place man, and Buddy Baker's going to try Morgan as they go to turn one.
1: Dale Earnhardt almost gets a piece of the wall up in turn four. His Budmore Thunderbird will not handle down at the bottom of the racetrack, and he's been skating it all up and down the track. Meanwhile, Darrell Waltrip opens up a lead, and Buddy Baker gets underneath Morgan Shepard to take away the second spot. And I asked Baker earlier if he would try to keep the car right up front here like he does on the super speedways.
4: Well, if you're gonna run with Darryl Waltrip, you gotta run all night. Uh, you know, in the past, he dominated uh, the race from start to finish, and uh, I think if uh, if we can, I'd like to keep a little heat on him, and, uh, or maybe even lead if I possibly can, because I think uh, then you run uh, your race and not uh, Darryl Waltrip's race, but uh, nevertheless, you know, uh, Terry Labani and uh, Earnhardt and Bobby Allison, so many other people are, are running just as well, so it's not just to catch Walter tonight, I don't think.
0: No, I don't think so, but Barney, he's keeping the heat on. Buddy Baker's running a super good race here at Nashville. As we said, he hasn't been here since 1979, and you'd think he'd be a little bit rusty, but he's put in every lap he could in practice, and this is a tough little racetrack to get around for anybody. Right now it's Darrell Waltrip out front. Riding along in the second spot is Buddy Baker. The third position belongs to Morgan Shepard. Fourth is Ron Bouchard having a good run. Fifth is Tim Richmond. Battle for sixth position a moment ago was going on between Harry Gant and Terry Labonte. Labonte has taken that now. Back to seventh is Gant. Eighth is Earnhardt, riding in ninth is Bobby Allison, 10th is Jeff Bodine, 11th is Bill Elliott, and in 12th position right now is Jody Ridley. Then comes Joe Ruttman and Richard Petty back there. They've been having a pretty good scramble with young Mark Martin trying to split that pair up as they work back into turn one.
2: Ron Bouchard, now the man of the moment, as he has moved up to challenge Morgan Shepard for third spot, and Bouchard has really put on a run here since he got around Tim Richmond. He reeled in the pole sitter very effectively, and he's looking for a pass as he goes to turn one.
1: Down here at the other end of the speedway up at turn four, they are using about all five lanes of the racetrack. Dale Earnhardt and Bobby Allison are right at the top of the track. Waltrip tried the bottom lane a minute ago and got just about flat sideways. So he's running about one groove off the bottom of the racetrack. But they're using every piece of it here at this end of the speedway. 29 laps have been completed here at Nashville. Waltrip leading, Buddy Baker hanging on to that second spot, and they're quickly overlapping a lot of the back as they go to the back stretch.
2: Waltrip definitely stretching his lead, but Buddy Baker doesn't want to let him get away. He got around Morgan Shepherd pretty effectively to keep his Waltrip right in his sight, and now Bouchard continues his work on Shepard in the race for third and fourth.
0: Shepard gets squeezed out of the groove a little bit this time as he comes off the corner and it looks like the car is not working as well as it was in the early going. And then when you run a car as hard as he and Daryl did in the early going, you can get it out of shape in a hurry.
3: Well, you can, uh, Barney, but you can find out in a hurry whether the car really is dialed in right uh, or not. I think Morgan is expecting the car to even work better as... uh the night goes on and the track gets slicker, uh, but uh, I don't think it's working as well right now as he anticipated it would. He told me just after qualifying last night that he felt the car was really dialed in and that he should be too super tough in this race, but it's not working as good as he
0: thought it was going to. Morgan Shepard beginning to fall back a little bit from the front three or foursome right now. Waltrip still in front by about six car links over Buddy Baker. Baker really hanging in there here in the early going. It'll be interesting to see if he can do it all night long. As we said, he has won a race here at Nashville some years ago while driving for Harry Hyde, and he used to give Bud Moore's car quite a ride when he was driving for Bud Moore a few years ago. It's Baker in second spot. Third position, good run for Ron Bouchard. Fourth right now is still the 98 car, Morgan Shepard, then back to fifth spot. It's young Tim Richmond moving up to six is terry Labotti, seventh is harry gantt and as they work the traffic up in turn number four and come back to the line
2: we can't get our eyes off that battle for eighth ninth tenth eleventh and twelfth that's a good one you've got earnhardt running all the way up on the wall jeff bodine way down on the bottom bobby allison split in the middle of that pack and right in there with them are uh, jody ridley and the uh, bill mella the uh, bill elliott
0: melling Ford. that's a good five-car battle Well, Darrell Waltrip's blistering pace in the early going of the Bush 420 has already caught the tail end of the field. He has just slapped Dave Marcus and is now about to move around. Joe Ruttman over in the number three corner and Buddy Arrington. And he is really moving around this racetrack just like he did when we were here in Maine. Well,
1: as Hal Hamrick used to say, they're racing all around the track tonight. That battle with uh, Bobby Allison. Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Bodine is just not to be believed. They're using up three racing grooves. Bodine right now on the bottom of the racetrack coming out of turn number four for the seventh spot. Earnhardt way up high against the wall as is Allison and right in the middle of it, the Fords of Jody Ridley and Bill Elliott. It's a good race and it heads for the backstretch.
2: They're staying tight just the same way you described them in three and four, Mike Joy. They come through one and two. It is Earnhardt way up against the wall and we can't help uh, recalling the May race here when running in that line. He went up and hit the wall very hard and did some pretty severe damage to that automobile.
3: And Mike Joy, there's some activity or discussion in Ron Bouchard's pits. He had moved up on Morgan Shepard, but now he's dropped back a little bit, and uh, Harry Gant and Terry Labonte have moved around him. They were about to bring him in. They thought they had a tire going down, but he's still out there running, but he's not running at the pace he was a little earlier.
0: Dave Marcus just tags the rear end of Joe Ruttman's pet there car as out came the, off the corner
3: debris on the racetrack
1: barney from that incident harold kinder has brought out the caution flag and what a tremendous break that is for several of the cars as ned pointed out ron bouchard the dale earnhardt machine as well and ned that debris looks like sheet metal right in front of your position that a lot of the cars have just run over
3: yes it does look like a piece of uh, sheet metal maybe a, a piece of the uh Aluminum or something that they put around the bumpers to keep uh, or in the grill or somewhere But it can certainly cut one of these tires and a few of the cars have hit it Of course, they'll come in and change those tires now and not take any chances with them
5: Craftsman in your hand, nothing stopping yeah Now chair, quick still, need the engine prepare.
6: Craftsman in your hand, nothing you can't do Make it long, make it drawn
1: set to go racing again. 49 laps complete. The pace car stretches off the field, heads back for pit road, and we're ready to go back to racing with Waltrip once again at the head of the field.
0: Waltrip getting ready to go as Harold Kinder and Dahl Ford on the flag stand here at Nashville wave the green, and we're back under green in the Bush 420. Waltrip gets a good jump, coming up through the gearbox a little bit quicker. Three car links on the rest of the field. Little breathing room for the moment. Here comes Baker going right after him in two.
2: Well, and right on his rear deck is Terry Labonte, who got a good restart. He'll go to work on Baker with Bouchard fourth, Rich Richmond fifth, and Dale Earnhardt up in sixth spot. Jeff Bodine is seventh, and Morgan Shepard eighth.
0: Well, as Ned pointed out, there were some chassis adjustments made on some of the ill-handling cars in the early going. We'll see how well that serves to get them back up to the front. Walter back in turn number two. Baker, two car lengths back. Labonte's putting some heat on him. Richmond, one of those cars to watch. He'd been having some difficulties getting off turn two. He's
2: now fifth on the field and has renewed his battle with Bouchard that saw them swapping sheet metal earlier in the race. They're running fourth and fifth. Dale Earnhardt has his car working on the bottom of the- the racetrack. He's sixth. Jeff
1: Bodine is seventh. Morgan Shepard is eighth. Ninth is Harry Gant. In tenth is Jody Ridley. Eleventh, Ricky Rudd. Twelfth is Joe Rutman. Thirteenth to Bill Elliott. Fourteenth to Bobby Allison. Fifteenth Richard Petty ahead of Mark Martin.
2: Jeff Bodine's got some ideas as he goes to work on Darrell Waltrip or check that on uh, Dale Earnhardt. He had the nose inside Earnhardt for a moment and then saw that wisdom was the better part of valor and tucked back in line. Bobby
0: Allison hasn't been heard from in the early going here in the Bush 420. You can bet he will before the night is over. Neither has Richard Petty. They've been riding along right in the middle of the field. A lot of smoke out of one car as they hit turn one. That smoke looked like tire
3: smoke. They got a little sideways there back in that pack, running for eight nights of death. From Lenny Ponds, car number 24, the Cecil Gordon-owned car, he slows as he goes down the backstretch into turn three.
0: And it looked to be coming out of the headers on that car. And if it is, he'll be bringing it onto pit road. He might have lost an engine, or at least he's had some kind of major problem to bring the car onto pit road. No caution is on the speedway, as Lenny Pond will limp onto pit road here at Nashville. Meanwhile, up front, Walter by one car link. Baker closes it up again. And Labotti is right there also, the front three in a draft by themselves come out of the fourth corner about 15 car lengths ahead of Ron Bouchard. They're back in turn one.
2: That pond incident helped to break up the lead pack a little bit. Bouchard had to do a little feinting and dodging and lost a lot of ground on the racetrack. He's got about four, five, six car lengths perhaps on Jim Richmond who's just ahead of Dale Earnhardt and a side-by-side battle of Jeff Bodine and the pole sitter Morgan Shepard.
0: Morgan Shepherd's car beginning to work again and he's knocked off about three positions since they put him back under green as right now he and Bodine are having a pretty good heads-up battle as they shuffle back into turn one. It's Shepard on the low side of Bodine. Jeff has been working up top, and now here comes Morgan underneath.
2: Harry Gant's going to try to go with him. Bodine gets a little sideways. Shepard makes the pass, and now it's Gant side-by-side side with Jeff Bodine. Up out of the fourth corner, way back of the lead cars, about a quarter
1: of a turn around the racetrack, Jeff Bodine falls into line into that pack that includes third place Bouchard, fourth place Richmond, Earnhardt in fifth, Shepard in sixth, Gantt in seventh, and
2: Bodine tail end of that parade is eighth. Terry Labonte down the backstretch demonstrating his ability to run with that lead duo of Waltrip and Baker after the pit stop adjustment. It's a three-car race
0: for this one now. Right now, after that round of pit stops, there seem to be about 15 cars that are sticking right on the bottom of the racetrack, and Bud Moore and the Ranger crew did a good job on Earnhardt, because a moment ago, Ned, it looked like he was just in total misery out there.
3: Yes, he was, Barney. He was having to use the high groove that we saw him use back here in May, and he was do- doing it rather effectively then, but uh, it still is believed that the low groove, if you can get a car really working down there, is the best way around this racetrack. Certainly, it's the shortest way around, but when they are on the high side, if they can get good acceleration off of the turn, they can go down the straightaway fast. But he does have his car working better now as Richmond goes on the inside of Bouchard for fourth position.
0: That battle is going on off the number two corner, still door to door. Richmond
2: definitely has improved the handling on his car. He's able to run with Bouchard now. Bouchard passed him with comparative ease earlier, but now Richmond passes him right back as Bouchard comes up the outside.
0: So many of the young drivers beginning to assert themselves in NASCAR Winston Cup racing this year, particularly in 1982. A lot of them have paid their dues for the last couple of years. They feel like they're ready to win. Richmond proved that out in California. And a lot of heat right behind him right now between Dale Earnhardt, Ron Bouchard, and Harry Gannon, Morgan Shepard, and Jeff Bodine as that pack of cars work back into turn four.
2: And in that next pack we've got Bobby Allison who has also come from the high groove down to the bottom. He's way back in 14th spot, but he's showing a good bit more speed than he did early on. That battle once again heads up out of turn number two and it's a hot one for about fifth position on back. Side-by-side side go Harry Gant and Ron Bouchard. They are chasing Dale Earnhardt down the backstretch. Meanwhile, Morgan Shepherd and Jeff Bodine gun right in behind him, and Bodine does tag from the back, Bouchard rather, tag from the back by Morgan Shepherd. Everybody continues
1: without further incident, but Bouchard's car came about halfway around, and it did split that pack up quite a bit. It puts them single file once again heading out of two.
2: It is the J.D. Stacy machine of Tim Richmond leading that pack, and Bouchard and Shepard have decided to cool off a lap and then have at it again. There's about a car length behind them. They're on the tail end of that six-car pack.
0: Bobby Allison was talking this afternoon about the new young drivers who are beginning to come on so strong in Winston Cup racing. I think
8: it's, a, it's an experienced game. Uh, uh, and whereas uh, a lot of other sports the, the competitors come in with high school and college and uh, minor league experience behind them. We have a lot of youngsters come into racing with very little racing experience behind them and they've got to get it somewhere.
0: They're getting a good piece of it here tonight at Nashville, Tennessee right now. Tim Richmond, Jeff Bodine. Ron Bouchard been hammering away on each other. Harry Gantt, of course, he's got a lot of years under his belt, but he's caught right in the thick of that as they're getting drop kicked right and left going in and out of these corners. Good battle still back there right now as he's caught in the middle of it. Earnhardt getting tapped that time off the number four corner by Harry Gantt as they work back into the number one turn.
2: One of the beauties in short track racing that these guys can get in there and beat on each other, get a little bit physical. The speeds, of course, are pretty quick here. They're running 120 miles an hour down the backstretch, but compared to the 200 mile an hour super speedway speeds, it's a good bit slower. They're not afraid to beat on one another if the occasion calls for it.
0: And it also allows them to work off a little frustration from some of the big tracks, where at 190 miles an hour, you don't do a lot of hammering out there. Waltrip is in front, and he's out front right now by the biggest margin we've seen tonight, almost Oh, oh trouble in
2: turn two. They did
0: not spin.
2: Nobody got out of shape. But the cars that got together were Harry Gant and Jeff Bodine, and the number 86 machine of Daryl Sage also got involved, and Sage has now come down low on the racetrack. Everybody still appears to be at racing speed. Sage is a new name in Winston Cup racing. He is 17 old. Years
1: old and races here Saturday nights and runs some Camaro type racing elsewhere in the country but it's his
0: first Winston Cup start. Good place to get cut your teeth right here tonight that's for sure. Waltrip is in front as we said he's about a half a straightaway or a little better on Buddy Baker who rides in the second spot then two car links back in third position of Baker is the 44 car of Kerry Labonte. In fourth spot right now, Tim Richmond, fifth is Earnhardt, sixth is Bonine, seventh is Gantt. As they string out about a straightaway behind the leader, Waltrip heads back into turn number four.
2: Meanwhile, Allison has moved up. He is now working on Ron Bouchard. He's around Morgan Shepard. And right at the moment, Allison is the car out there who appears to be picking up positions at the quickest rate.
4: Well,
1: like Dale Earnhardt, is, here's Bobby going underneath. Ron Bouchard, he'll get a good piece of him coming down the front straightaway and pick up that position. Like Earnhardt, Allison guessed wrong on the pre-race setup, but Ned, they seem to have that car working as as well as anybody is tonight right now.
3: Yes, it certainly seems to be uh, Mike is able to run uh, whichever groove that he needs to in the traffic.
6: Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shins that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide.
1: 75 laps go up on the scoreboard. 22 seconds, Darrell Waltrip's... Lap time around this racetrack just shy of 23 seconds, 22.98. Buddy Baker is trying to make good on his pre-race promise and put the pressure on Darrell, but Barney's
0: not having much luck with it, and it's starting to look like another kind of Waltrip dance-away here at Nashville. Well, it's just uncanny how Junior Johnson and the Mountain Dew team can find the combination on some of the short tracks like they do here in Martinsville and Bristol, Tennessee. Almost any driver you want to talk to before you start the race always feel like that's the car to the beat, and it usually turns out that way. Right now, Waltrip's having everything his way, but there's an awful long ways to go in the Bush 420. Saturday night short track in here in Nashville, Tennessee. Darrell Waltrip scoots around underneath Dave Marcus to put him a lap down. He's the head of the field right now, trying to dominate the race like he did back here in May. We've completed 84 laps of competition in the Bush 420. Waltrip in front. Buddy Baker riding a strong second position around here, but He's almost a little better than a half a lap back right now, but Baker's got his hands full with Tim Richmond and taking an erratic groove over in front of Dave Despair. Tim
2: Richmond is using every bit of this racetrack. He'll run a couple of laps way up by the wall, come down on the inside pole for a couple of laps, and he's making time. He has moved around Terry Labonte.
0: He brought Jeff Bodine with him, and now he's working on Baker on the front shoe. Well, Ned, of course, you've had a lot of years in these race cars, and sometimes you can explain it better than we can here in the booth when you can take that outside line and keep the RPMs wound up and don't run up on any slow traffic, sometimes that's the fast way around.
3: Definitely, it'll shoot you off of the corners uh, faster, Barney, because you don't uh, lose as much speed up there. You're able to keep the RPMs of the engine higher as uh, Richmond is doing now. Baker's still using that low groove, and he has to it sort of pinches the car down and and, uh, uh, does not let it come off of the corners as fast that way, but it just depends. Now, Waltrum, his car will work down on the inside. Of course, if he needs to go to the high side, he can work there also, but they have it geared accordingly to set the car up to run that way, and apparently uh, Richmond's crew said is up to run the high groove and maybe even a geared it that way too because you don't turn as many RPMs. Uh, running up there
0: as you would need to running down uh, low. We saw Harry again almost win a race up at Dover, taking a line that everybody said, hey, there's no way in the world he can beat anybody, but he almost beat everybody up there. Right now, Richmond's making it work for him, but he's beginning to get a little heat from Jeff Bodine as he tries to close in on Buddy Baker over in turn three.
2: Bodine's right in the thick of this thing, and he's demonstrated that he's not afraid to get in there and bump it up a little bit. The front of that car is showing some sheet metal damage from the earlier confrontation coming off too. That's a real three-car battle. Meanwhile, kind of a slow low fade going on here for Morgan Shepard and Ron Bouchard. They've fallen out of the top ten, and Richard Petty, who hasn't won this race in ten years, has moved up to eighth spot. Well, Shepard was a victim of traffic.
1: Both Ricky Rudd and Bouchard got by him. Traffic is such a factor here. Shepard was in the low groove and got pinned down there. They kind of used a lap car as a pick, and Rudd and Bouchard
3: went on by. So,
1: Ned, I would think at this racetrack you really have to plan your moves pretty far in advance to avoid from getting caught in that situation.
3: Yes, you do and uh, especially when you're in heavy traffic you want to be very, very careful as to who you're coming up on. Each driver knows uh, the capabilities and the habits of the other driver out there, so they size them up accordingly as they uh, approach them and then make their move accordingly.
0: Well, the fans have forgot about the leader for the moment. They're watching the battle for second spot and it is a dandy between Buddy Baker right now and Tim Richmond and Jeff Bodine as Richmond just keeps closing up. He was right alongside Baker a moment ago. Now the battle is between himself and Bodine over in turn three.
2: They are side by side about a car length behind Buddy Baker. Bodine's car likewise will work just about anywhere and neither one of these kids is afraid to stuff it in there. They're really
0: going at it for third spot. Walker more than a straightaway ahead of the rest of the field. He's in front. Baker is second. The battle is a hot one for third spot. Still going on between two of the younger set that has come into Winston Cup racing in the last few years. It's a hot one again back in turn number two.
2: Typical line for Buddy Baker. This 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 time it's two car length separation, still side by side or Bodine and Richmond, Richmond all the way up by the concrete.
1: Tim Richmond comes off that fourth corner trying to gain some advantage on Jeff Bodine the high groove is working for him but not well enough and all this racing for second has allowed Darrell Waltrip to open up a 9.3 second lead on the rest of the field. Still a good battle out of two
2: Bodine's got about a fender length on Richmond this time by. I think he's going to get that pass made and they are rubbing down the backstretch those two cars are going to be junk before this one's over. The
0: paint's going to all be gone They go in door to door and Richmond slips a little bit coming off the corner. The rear end of the car broke out about 10 or 15 degrees. He gets it back in a straight line, and he doesn't lose any ground on Bodine, and they're still door-to-door.
2: Bodine runs right up on the rear deck of Buddy Baker. Buddy's got a lap car of Buddy, ba- Buddy Arrington in front of him, so they're going to single file it down the straight. They hit turn
0: three, and Bodine wants the inside. And the fans, meantime, back in the field are cheering Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt, as they've been having a pretty good battle also. Tim Richmond got underneath Bodine that
1: time, coming off the fourth corner, and now they'll trade a little sheet metal again, and Buddy Arrington's the lap car,
2: and second through fourth are stacked right up there with him. Richmond right up to the back of Buddy Arrington gives him
0: a shove. The front end of Richmond's car weaving around. Buddy Baker is up on the outside. Now there's room. They go three abreast. Richmond gets it. He moves up one notch. And again, Buddy Baker trying to hold off both these young drivers. Richmond's going to try him again. He tried the outside. Baker shut him off. Didn't give him any place to go, and he settles in right behind him over in turn one. Interesting change
2: here for Richmond. He was having a lot of trouble getting off this turn early, but now he digs inside of Buddy Baker. Bodine can't decide which one to follow. It's Baker up the outside, and Richmond's going to tuck in behind him this time.
1: Two of the hard young chargers against one of the veteran hardest chargers on the circuit. Baker has the outside. His Pontiac comes right to the stripe up against the wall. Richmond had the inside. Single file into the corner. Here comes Allison. Looky here.
2: Bobby Allison on the outside says, hey, I'm going to get in on this fun. All this fender rattling has made some room, and Bobby Allison comes up to make it a four-car war. Bobby
0: Allison trying to knock off three spots at one clip. If he can get a little running room, he looks like he has the horsepower and the handling capability to do it. Baker is the second place car. Waltrip is the leader, and Buddy Baker's had his rear view mirror full of nothing else but Tim Richmond and Jeff Bodine as they hound him there, and he looks back and sees Bobby Allison there. And,
3: party okay. one thing that's interesting about that battle between Richmond and Bodine, they've been running side-by-side for more than 10 laps as Bodine now moves so into the third position, but they've been able to keep up with Baker, even battling the way that they have.
0: That is strong when you can do that, particularly on this short track here at Nashville. Here's Allison diving underneath. Tim Richmond in the number one corner may gain a spot. And
2: they have separated that pack just a little bit. Now Richmond goes back to that characteristic high line. Bobby takes the low line as Baker freight trains into some lap traffic with Jeff Bodine right on his rear
1: deck. What all this has done is allowed Darrell Walter to open up an 11 second advantage on the field. Baker picks his way between two lap cars and the hole closes up. Bodine follows him through. Richmond has to wait just a bit, and Allison will get caught lagging on that one as they
2: work between James Hilton and Tommy Gale. They've got more lap traffic ahead of them, too, so they may decide to single file it for a little while and keep one another out of trouble. None of that. Bodine wants the inside going to turn three, but a lap car is going to snafu that effort. And Bobby Allison
0: wants to get up there and get a piece of it in case these youngsters are around at the end. He wants to find out how strong their cars are, what he can do, what their strong suit is here in the early going.
1: Bodine spent 12 years in the NASCAR modified circuit, and Barney, the front end that car is going to resemble a modified when he's done. There's not going to be any sheet metal left on it. He's got one more good shot at Baker as they get to turn three before they
0: get to the lapped car. Bodine is there alongside of Baker. They have a lapped car ahead of them, Jimmy Means, and Baker's going to run up. Let's see which lane he takes. Bodine isn't backing out of the throttle as they haul it off into turn number one. Baker squeezes him in behind Jimmy Means, and that'll block his effort for the moment.
1: Fifteen cars in the lead lap as Darrell Waltrip enjoys a a half-a-lap advantage. Buddy Baker is second. Jeff Bodine is third. Fourth right now, a battle between Bobby Allison and Tim Richmond. Harry Gant is sixth. Terry Labonte has the seventh position. Richard Petty has now moved up into the eighth spot. Dale Earnhardt runs in the ninth position. Jody Ridley is tenth, and that's all the cars that are on the lead lap.
0: back at the nashville international raceway the fans continue to watch jeff bodine work on buddy baker he's been inside outside baker's used up every inch of real estate here's bodine at him again in two bodine showing a lot
2: of front end damage he's using that car as a battering ram and now he's working on buddy baker right there with him is allison bodine has the low
0: line he's up alongside buddy's door well it's going to be a body man's nightmare here on monday morning when they take that one back to the shop but bodine is using that car just like a boxer would his body to get through the holes good hot battle again he may get it away from Baker off the two-corner this time. He's got about a half a car length on Buddy, and now he slips a little sideways and darts in front of Buddy Baker. That'll open the door
2: for Allison. Allison and Baker go side-by-side side into three. so Stewart,
3: who owns that car, of course, he owns a Performance Connection uh, that uh, sponsors that car number 50 that Jeff Bodine drives. He's down here in the pits, and he's on the radio headset there, just jumping up and down. He's having a ball down here tonight because he loves to see this
0: fender banging. Well, there's no way you can run a short track race and move up any position, do any racing with anybody, without putting some marks on the car. None of the drivers get upset about it. We're not knocking Bodine for the way he's driving, because if you're going to move up and do some hard racing, you're going to have a few marks on the race car. They'll all have some on there before the night is over. Bodine doing a whale of a job here at Nashville, Tennessee. Waltrip right now trying to lap the field like he did back in May, and he's succeeded about a half of that lap right now.
1: Bobby Allison has now moved up to the third spot. He's moved around Buddy Baker, and Tim Richmond closes in on Baker as they go to the back straightaway. They're still working race traffic, moving up on the Joe Ruttman and J.D. McDuffie automobile. But for now, Bodine has clear sailing. Of course, Waltrip is long gone. He is more than half a lap ahead. And now he's got only, I believe, seven or eight cars on the lead lap with him. But the battle heads out of two.
2: It's Jeff Bodine leading Bobby Allison off turn two. Allison whips around Daryl Sage's slower automobile. And he's opened up about ten car lengths now on the Buddy Baker, Tim Richmond, and Harry Gantt
0: battle. Leader continues to be Darryl Waltrip. I don't think I've seen a more intense race driver this year than Darryl Waltrip has been. He won the Winston Cup Championship last year and winning has almost become an obsession with this young driver. He says that winning is everything and he really gets keyed up about it.
10: You know, they don't come down and take the losers to the press box. So uh, whoever wins the race, they get to go up there and they get to have a good time. And enjoy themselves. And if you don't win, there's really not much to say. Uh, you got outrun, or you had engine failure, or whatever happened to you, and you go home. Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know what guys expect you to do. Uh, after you've had a bad night or even after you've gotten outrun except to say, hey, I got outrun. They think because you don't get out and celebrate like a winner does that uh, you're a sore loser. I don't like to get beat, but I'll tell you right now, I like a good hard race and if I come in second, I can live with that with no problem.
0: Darrell Waltrip talking about his intensity to win every time he goes on the racetrack and that I think you'll have to agree. He is a very intense driver. He goes out there to win.
3: He certainly does, uh, Barney, every time and during the last practice period here this afternoon that number 11 was on jacks covered up down in the uh, garage area so that was sort of a bad sign for the rest of the team that meant that they had that thing dialed in the way that he wanted it and he usually gets it that way here at uh, nashville harry gant now trying to make a move on tim richmond his car is working pretty well too he's had to come up through a lot of traffic but uh, gant's on the move
1: that's the race for fifth spot. Gant and Richmond back at seventh spot. Richard Petty has moved around Terry Labotti, and that may be because Daryl Waltrip is about to gobble them up. Waltrip has now lapped all but the next seven cars on the racetrack as Petty now moves up to overlap Joe Rutman, The battle still at turn two for
2: fifth spot. Tim Richmond, Harry Gant. They're side by side with Richmond on the high side and Gant down low, and they're battling Buddy Baker, who's got just a car length on that duel. Harry can't find a way around the inside line. He's got his path, blocked at every. Turn, but he's sticking right with it.
0: Gant down on the inside groove. Tim Richmond rides in the outside, trying to hold him off as Buddy Baker's, every time he's looked in the mirror, there's been a heck of a battle going on for a spot right behind him, and Baker just tried to hold what he's got, which is currently the number two position. They're still door-to-door in turn two. And says number two
2: position by about two feet now, and Richmond is really squirrely as he comes out of turn two every time. He cocks the car a little bit sideways and just puts his hoof in it, and that's reminiscent of his days on the dirt tracks before he became an Indianapolis potential. A rookie of the year at Indy back in 1979.
0: Well, we said a moment ago that Jeff Bodine had a few marks on his car. Harry Gant and Tim Richmond are beginning to get a few black scuff marks a little dented in dings on their cars as they beat and peck on each other going through the corners. Right now Gantt will get the spot away, moving into turn number four. Harry Gantt has just moved up to third position. Richmond falls back to fourth spot as they work out of the corner. Kyle Petty riding along in there. Richard Petty right behind Kyle. Richard should be in the sixth position. He's Having a pretty good run, they're back in two. As the battle comes off,
2: this time it's stabilized somewhat. With Buddy Baker now running in that fourth spot, fifth is Gant, and sixth
3: is Richmond, and they're nose to tail for the first time in about ten laps. Well, that's three set. Those uh, Jeff Bodine is in the second position, and Bobby Allison is running into third place. And then comes the uh, battle between uh, Gant and Buddy Baker for fourth.
1: That'll be the fourth and fifth place battle. In sixth is Tim Richmond, and that battle decided in favor of Gant as Baker getting boxed in the backstretch.
2: Indeed, Harry Gant just dove underneath, and the Sonny King car and made the pass. That left Buddy Baker hung out to dry, took Buddy about the length of this city-long backstretch to get clear of traffic, and he lost a couple car lengths in the process. 122
1: laps complete. Let's set the field. Darrell Waltrip is the leader. There are but seven cars on the lead lap as Waltrip closes up on seventh place, Richard Petty. So Waltrip is up front. Jeff Bodine is second. He is feeling the heat from third place. Bobby Allison. Harry Gant has moved to fourth. Buddy Baker is fifth. Tim Richmond is sixth. And Richard Petty is seventh. One lap off the pace. Eighth is Terry Levante. In the ninth spot is Jody Ridley. Tenth is Dale Earnhardt. Eleventh is Ricky Rudd. In the twelfth spot is Bill Elliott. Thirteenth is Morgan Shepard. Fourteenth is Mark Martin. And fifteenth is Ron Bouchard. Those are the cars that are one lap down. The race is for fifth spot as they come past start-finish. Tim Richmond along with Buddy
2: Baker trying to keep from going a lap down, but Waltrip just eases on by. Darrell Waltrip up on the outside has put Richard Petty and Buddy Baker behind him, and as he works Tim Richmond down the backstretch, it's Waltrip up the outside and going around with ease. So Waltrip now has only four cars with
1: him on the lead lap. Bodine in second. Bobby Allison in third and Harry Gant fourth as
0: Waltrip moves past
1: Tim Richmond to put Richmond a lap down.
0: Darrell Waltrip trying to demolish the field here at Nashville, Tennessee and he's done a pretty good job on most of them right now as he works his way around the south end of the speedway and pulls up alongside of Ron Bouchard, and that would put him two laps down if he can get underneath him, and he does, going over into turn number three. Waltrip just setting a blistering pace, and it is totally uncanny as we mentioned earlier, how Junior Johnson's team can find the right combination on the short tracks, and he's been able to do that, what, Ned, for the last 15 years?
3: Yes, he has, uh, Barney, and I think that it goes back to the days when Junior Johnson was driving a race car himself. Of course, er- Dale Earnhardt really almost lost it coming off of turn four. He gathered it back in, though, but uh, Junior the cat sat on the knew how to, to set a car up to get around to get the most out of it through the turns on a short track and then when you put that with a guy like Darrell Walker, his driving ability and also Daryl's ability uh, at a track like Nashville where he's had so much experience in sportsman competition before he came to Grand National and, and that was winning experience here also and you put all of that together and I'll tell you they're
0: a tough combination to beat. That's a big asset for any race team is to have a driver who can tell you what the car needs if it's pushing, loose, whatever you can come in and say let's put a 400 spring here or let's do this or let's do that rather than just come in and tell the crew hey it's pushing you fix it
3: it's very important it's very important today barney as, as the uh uh sport of auto racing gets more and more scientific uh every little contribution by the driver and what he knows about the automobile is very very important
0: That's why it's so important for the young drivers to get in there and kind of get their hands dirty, so to speak, work on the race car and find out what makes it work and why it doesn't work at times. Waltrip is the leader, just having a field day here at Nashville at his home track, The fans give him a lot of cheer when he came on here tonight. Made him feel real good, and he's out there running his heart out for him. He told us that winning here probably meant more to him than it did any racetrack he run on, even junior's track at North Wilkesboro. Well,
1: there are a lot of green shirts here in this grandstand tonight, Barney, and it is one track where he is, where the ovation is definitely positive for Waltram. Of course, that's got to give any driver a lift, and especially... Darrell with the reception he's received from the fans at some of the tracks lately. It's got to be a
0: lift going into a race like this. It's made a big difference for him. He really gets pumped and keyed up for his home track here. and He's putting on quite a show for the fans tonight. As he whirls around this racetrack, no problem at all for Waltrip. He works traffic, now pulls up on the bumper of Harry Gantt and that will be the fourth place car and Gantt right now having his hands full, holding him back there, Dave Despain. Harry's
2: doing his best, but I think it's only a matter of time. Waltrip's definitely got the handle and they're just about 100 yards
0: behind a good battle now for second place with Allison and Bodine. Three wide coming off that corner up there between Bodine and Bobby Allison as they sandwich Mark Martin out against the wall. Bodine comes out ahead of Allison this time as they get up on heavy traffic back in turn two. Once again, Bodine has the better line around the slower automobile and Allison has to settle for the third spot as they work
2: their way down the back chute. They have put Mark Martin a lap down and they've got Darrell Waltrip coming right behind Harry Gant.
0: Well, Mike Joy, I think you've seen Bodine start his career up in the part of the country you came from around Connecticut and up in that area. And I don't think there's a more intense young driver who is determined that he will make it in this sport than even Waltrip was when he came along.
1: Well, he reminds me a lot of Darrell when Darrell first came on the racing circuit. Jeffrey is intense and he's dedicated to running that race car as hard as it can. And... He was very happy, to, of course, to win the pole for the Firecracker 400 last week at Daytona. And he says, well, we just now we just go on to our next goal, and that is to win a race. And uh, after a good finish there, a couple of good top ten finishes, they've got that Cliff Stewart performance connection team in gear. And right now, he really has his hands full with Bobby Allison for that
2: second spot. Allison's been putting a lot of moves on Bodine, inside and outside. Waltrip has moved around Harry Gant, so the next thing that that battle will have to contend with will be Darrell Waltrip showing
0: up in the rearview mirror. Bobby Allison gets crossed up coming off the fourth corner. He might have bumped together a little bit with Jeff Bodine. Almost got the car completely out of shape. Hangs it back on the bottom of the racetrack and keeps it in a straight line. And that's going to allow Waltrip to close the gap even tighter. He's just six car lengths back.
2: Makes it a little easier for Waltrip as they set up to try to get around that duo because uh, Allison had been running side by side with Bodine but now they're single file about three or four car lengths apart. Well, they're coming up on Lake Speed and the DK Ulrich automobiles
1: so they go back single file. Mark Martin gets the passing flag holds to the outside Walter moves under him and that'll allow Bodine and Allison a bit of breathing room for a moment
11: not
2: going to last long because Waltrip is definitely there. That car is handling on rails. He can put it anywhere he
0: wants to on the racetrack, and it's really quick coming off the corners. The interval shortens between Darrell Waltrip and Bobby Allison, the third place car. He's lapped everybody else except Bobby Allison and Jeff Bodine, and he has them inside as he heads into turn number one. The interval right now between Bobby Allison and Waltrip going a lap down, or Allison going a lap down, six car lengths in front of Dave Despain.
2: And you can't help but consider the point standing implication here. Bobby Allison took over the point lead with his victory last Sunday in the Firecracker 400. A win here would help Darrell Waltrip's lot considerably as he tries to close up on Allison in the points. They move by Lake
1: Speed as they come down the front straightaway. Bodine, now Allison gets by him. So Waltrip will be looking to lap Speed for the second time tonight and close up on those second and third place cars. And Ned, I think in pre-race, As close as qualifying was, I don't think anybody would have predicted that
3: Waltrip would have almost a lap on the field before this race is even halfway over. No, I don't think they expected that. They knew that he was the man to beat, Mike, but they all thought that they would be dialed in better than they were here in May. But uh, that doesn't seem to be the case. Here's Mark Martin coming in in the Apache Stove Roger Cadillac uh, uh, Pontiac. He's uh, that you might consider that an unscheduled pit stop, but we might see some others coming up here very shortly. They've run a little over 100 laps since they were in the pits. No problem as far as gas is concerned because they can go about 160, uh, 150 to 160 laps here on a tank of fuel. But the tires really take a beating on this racetrack. And now you'll see Mark Martin as he goes back out on the track. He'll pick up a lot of speed with those cool
0: fresh tires. Let's see how Bobby Allison handles Darrell Waltrip. Allison is one of the toughest in the business. He won't give you anything on a racetrack. He's making Waltrip work for it. Squeezes him into the outside lane. He's trying to put Allison a lap down. Again, Bobby uses up a lot of real estate. Waltrip may get him in turn one.
2: Allison on the inside. what the outside goes Waltrip. He's almost clear, but not quite. Bobby gets a good dig back underneath. Bodine opening up about two car lengths, and Waltrip sandwiches into the middle. He's got Allison behind him. So Bobby Allison
1: goes a lap down, and now only Jeff Bodine is on a lap with the leader. As they come off four, Waltrip stays to the high groove. Bodine keeps his car right to the bottom bottom of the racetrack and the distance from him going a lap down is but a car length and Waltrip closes even further as they get to turns one and two.
2: My guess would be that Waltrip will take it pretty easy and find a good spot to get around Bodine. He hasn't had much look at what Bodine's been up to tonight but he can see some of the indications on his car that Jeff's not afraid to mix it up
0: with you. Bodine making him work as hard as Bobby Allison did, although Waltrip right now's car is working so beautiful you can't believe it here at Nashville, Tennessee. Bodine has held him back there so far. He is the second-place car. Waltrip trying to put him a lap down. He'll try the outside this time off the two-corner.
2: Bodine got a good drive out the low side of the racetrack and keeps Waltrip behind
0: him. Darrell obviously wants to go around him on the outside. He's not tried to stuff underneath Jeff Bodine. Waltrip on the outside It's the long way around the racetrack He tries it off turn number four He's up there Has the fender alongside of Bodine And they go head to head in turn number one Who's got the handle? Waltrip sticks about the fender well out front Now Bodine trying
2: to come back up the inside They're going to be side by side Traction off the turn counts And Waltrip's got it
1: Darrell Waltrip now has a lap on the field in the Bush 420. Only 150 laps completed here at Nashville, and Waltrip has lapped the field.
0: At Nashville, Tennessee, a Saturday night is pretty cool out there. I don't think it's quite as hot as it usually is when we come here in July. The heat has been a big factor here in some years past. Last year, Darrell Waltrip totally dehydrated and completely demolished after winning here, and that was when he burned his foot so badly last year. But, Ned, it isn't all that bad tonight, is it? No,
3: it isn't. In fact, it's one of the, uh, the better nights for. Basically, that we've seen in a long time <clears throat> here at Nashville. Of course, there was some rain during the day here, which uh, cooled it off and uh, apparently it took the humidity down a little bit also. And so it's a very comfortable night here.
0: But they've still got an awful long ways to go. And short track driving makes you work every inch all the way around the racetrack. No time to relax, no any place on the speedway.
1: Bobby Allison has moved around Jeff Bodine to take over the second position here in the Bush 420. Before we broke for commercial, we gave you the cars that were up one lap down. Of course, the only car on the lead lap is Waltrip, and that takes you back through 13th position. Two laps off the pace, 14th is Ron Bouchard, 15th is Kyle Petty. Three laps back, Mark Martin is 16th. 17th is Lake Speed, 18th is Dave Marcus, and 19th is Joe Rutman. Six laps off the pace is J.D. McDuffie in 20th, and Daryl Sage 21st. 22nd is Buddy Arrington, seven laps back, and 28th or 23rd rather is Jimmy Means, 24th is James Hilton he's 8 laps down, 9 laps down are Tommy Gale and DK Ulrich and out of the race the Lenny Pond and Slick Johnson Automobiles
0: that with 161 laps out of 420 completed Here is the leader Waltrip heading back into the number one corner and if there is any indication that that car is giving up anything you certainly can't tell it the way he's getting around the racetrack the tires seem to be working perfectly after far better than 100 laps out there in competition and the pace he is setting, Ned, if he can keep that thing together, I don't think anybody could overhaul him at all.
3: No, I don't think so either, Barney, and one thing about a good handling automobile, he's not putting as much strain on his tires as those that are having a little bit of a problem. Uh, you know, they might be putting more pressure, say, on the right front or the right rear, wherever the problem with the car is that it's not handling as well as his is, and the more pressure and strain they put on it, the worse it's going to make the matter, because it heats the tires up that much more and makes it skid around all over the racetrack, so it just compounds the problem where his is sitting there apparently just uh, everything working exactly like it needs to and so he's not using up the tires and just pulling away
0: well junior Johnson standing down on pit road in that very familiar position with his foot up on the guardrail half the time junior's looking at the racetrack the other half the time he looks like he's looking out in the infield just daydreaming and (laughs) sometimes even when the competition gets so hot up there for his driver darrell walker you'd almost swear that junior isn't even paying attention to what's going on but i'm sure he is yeah he is
1: i'll guarantee you he is well, the biggest smile on the track right now belongs to Daryl Waltrip. There's a carbon copy of it on the face of Jack Aroot, the racing director for Mountain Dew Division of Pepsi-Cola. You folks didn't practice at all all afternoon. Put the car up on jacks, covered it up, went back to the motel.
5: Well, we didn't exactly go to the motel. You know, this is Daryl's hometown over in Franklin, and Daryl and Stevie always invite the entire crew out there for the afternoon, and so it was very important for us, Mike, that we got the car dialed in this morning, because we didn't want to miss the barbecue this afternoon.
1: Any, any, uh, wisdom from the top of the mountain you'd care to relate about why Junior's cars just always run so well here. Just get dialed in and, and as you say set it up and then just wait for the race to start.
5: I think probably Mike it's, it's years and years of experience. Junior Johnson raced here. Darrell Waltrip cut his teeth here. When you combine those two factors I think the chase for the Winston Cup last year this was the turning point and hopefully it's going to be the turning point again this year.
1: A lot of people during pre-race did not expect Darrell to dominate this race this thoroughly. Did your team?
5: Not exactly. I think one of the things that we've learned in the first half of the year, Mike, is that with the competitiveness of the Winston Cup in 1982, nobody's going to dominate like they did last year. If, uh, to win 12 races, that was phenomenal for us and the Mountain Dew team. This year, the, the goal is to win the Winston Cup, even if it only takes six races, and it may very well just take six.
1: What is the game plan? You get a lap on the field. Now, here in May... Daryl went, lapped the field, and then kind of cruised. Would pass cars at will but was
5: in no rush to put the field, let's say, two laps down. Is is that kind of what's going on right now? Common sense. Common sense dictates the race from here on. And I think Mike and, and Barney would both agree. We talk about Junior Johnson. Sometimes when he looks like he's far off in the distance somewhere, that's what he's thinking about. He's not here on this lap, which, what, what, 169? He's already thinking about lap 200 and 220.
0: Looks like you're already here for the Press Box interview.
5: No, not exactly. We just probably <laughs> Turn
0: one, one car looks to be Morgan Shepard. A lot of smoke as he goes up in the high groove.
2: Shepard's got a lot of lower
0: traffic coming down below him, and he's standing, wow, he dove right in front
2: of Terry Labonte and almost tagged Labonte's car. Shepard never saw him coming. Now Shepard is out of harm's way but showing lots of smoke, and Labonte gets by without incident.
0: This will bring out the second caution flag as it is being displayed to the field right now by Harold Kinder. And Pit
1: stops the order of the day as we're under caution. Ned Jarrett is on his way to get to Morgan Shepherd, who's brought out this caution
0: on the 170th lap, and Barty of Tire's gone rolling off from the end of pit road. Yeah, it bounced right out in front of one of the race cars, hits the outside wall, and now rolls back onto the pit road of its own accord, so nobody gets in any trouble there. Darrell Waltrip again gets in and out of the pits first. Let's go for a report to Ned Jarrett.
3: Well, Morgan Shepard has crawled out of the Levi Garrett Buick number 98. Of course, he was a pole setter here for this race, but Morgan, there's a stream of smoke and oil as you brought her into the garage area here.
7: Well, you know, Raymond done everything he could to, to get us the engine to qualify on the pole, and he done a super job, and had the engine pumped up pretty tight, and uh, you know, it's just one of them chances you take. Uh, we, we needed us a pole real bad, we got it, and you know, we took a chance on running the engine for the race.
3: Morgan, if you had had to change your driving style, you were running right up next to the wall there, was it not handling as well as you had uh, hoped it would? Right, Ned, I, I reckon I just missed it again here at Nashville.
7: Uh, I felt like the car was going to run tight all night, and uh, I had to hunt me a different uh, pattern to run. And, and once I, I got my pattern up against the wall, uh, I believe there at the end, we was quickest thing on the track and was running everybody back down.
3: Well, Daryl Waltrip has really got it dialed in once again. What are they doing that's so different and so good for them here? Well, they've just hit the right combination at this track. You know, Darrell was born in this area,
7: and, uh, uh, and Junior knows all the tricks of the trade. And, uh, you know, they just, they got it right, and uh, we're working to catch them, and we're going to be there for long.
3: Okay, that's Morgan Shepard, the Levi Garrett Buick, now parked in the garage area, but congratulations on his first Bush Bowl of the year.
1: Well, the Perseverance Award today goes to Slick Johnson. Slick spent some time in the garage area. He was 65 laps down, but under this caution, he's made up a lap, so he's coming
0: back. We are under green again at Nashville, Tennessee and Waltrip is at the head of the field. They're going to try him one more time. Bobby Allison is right behind him in the second spot trying to unlap himself and so are Jeff Bodine and the rest of the field as they chase him out of turn number four and back into the straightaway and with stuff changed all around the cars, four tire change on some of the machines they go at him over in turn two. Allison right on the your rear deck of the leader all night long, Darrell Waltrip. He and Harry Gant would love to get around Waltrip and get some opportunity to get that lap back as they hit turn three. Gant was- no time trying to move to the outside of Bobby Allison sees no place to go there tucks back in as Waltrip leads him back across the line to put another lap on the board he is on a lead lap all by himself Allison rides second third is Harry Gant the fourth place car should be Richard Petty fifth is Jeff Bodine as they head up the back chute and back into turn number three again Waltrip is able to hold them off as they come off the fourth corner and he is setting a blistering pace here at Nashville Tennessee tonight just like he did when he was here in May as they work turn Turn one, in front of Dave Despain. Walter opening up a couple of car lengths on
2: Bobby Allison. Harry Gant is glued right to the rear end of Allison's machine. It's about 25-30 yards back to Richard Petty in third, in fourth spot, and fifth place. Jeff Bodine is right on Petty's rear deck.
1: Up out of turn number four, Darrell Waltrip leads the field off. Quickly, they'll put a lap on Tommy Gale. Allison, Harry Gant running second and third, Richard Petty in
2: fourth, Jeff Bodine, then the Dale Earnhardt machine is two back, and they slip by Tommy Gale out of turn two. Gant didn't get around Tommy Gale, now has to duck to the outside and try to make that move. That's
0: going to give Allison a little pad as they hit turn three. Allison trying to get his lap back. Waltrip has none of that as they come off the fourth corner. And now Darrell begins to pull away already after being back under green about four laps. He's really picked the pace up, Barney. They were running about 23
1: seconds a lap just prior to the caution. He's got it down to the 21.7 second range. He's trying to scoot away of any kind of calamity that may happen behind him as they jockey for position. Allison is second. Gad is third. Petty is fourth. Bodine is in the fifth spot. Sixth is Tim Richmond in seventh is the Terry Labonte machine, now the point-standing runner-up. Eighth is the Bill Elliott car, and ninth is Jody Ridley as they head up out of two.
2: Harry Gant dies inside. Bobby Allison, picture book, pass right there. He just slipped underneath, he makes the throttle and got the traction he needed. It's Harry Gant now second. Gant made a as Dave Despain
1: said, a picture-perfect move, diving underneath Bobby Allison, the same move that Allison used to get that second spot from Jeff Bodine earlier.
3: And Al, uh, uh, Gant is now picking up on Waltrip a little bit. He thinks that he can do it and get his lap back. Waltrip is having to run harder right now than he wants to, Mike Joy, but he has to to keep them a lap down because if they're strong enough to get up there and challenge you for that pass, if they should get around and a caution come out, he knows that
0: they'd be tough to contend with. Harry Gant had the fastest car in the first practice runs here yesterday. They felt like Gant might even get the pole, and they didn't say too much about what happened on the pole position run, but right now they've got it all gathered back, and he is going after Darrell Waltrip over in turn number three. He's about a car link back, and Darrell right now is not pulling away. In fact, Gant is reeling him in. Gant is there. He is right on the back bumper of Darrell Waltrip as they come past the
1: start-finish
2: stripe and down
1: into turn number one, and they move up on the James Hilton car.
2: In just two, three laps, rather, Harry Gant has put about 15 car lengths on Allison, and he is right on the rear deck
0: of the leader. The class of the field tonight has been Waltrip, but suddenly there's a challenger. Well, Gant is right at home on the Saturday night short tracks. I guess, Ned, you remember when he used to do it over at Hickory every Saturday night, knocking heads with Jack Ingram and Bob Presley, and he got his share of knocks, so he's right at home out there. He's
3: paid his dues. No about it. and He's won big sportsman races on this racetrack too, Barney. They made some adjustments on that car during that pit stop, put on four new tires. He has it dialed in right now. He's probably the fastest car on the racetrack because he ran Waltrip down, now trying to
0: get around him. Travis Carter, the crew chief of the car, spent a lot of years with Junior Johnson and he's no slouch when it comes to getting a car to working himself. And right now he's done his homework on Gant's car as he goes after Waltrip and he is putting the heat on him. He drop kicked him a little bit off that second turn last time around, Dave Despain. He did indeed. There's a little bit of dent in the front end. To Harry's car, he's not afraid to shove it in there. Those things look like two green
2: streaks down the back stretch.
1: The order is unchanged. Daryl Waltrip still leading Harry Gant by a lap, and Gant is doing everything in his power to try and get it back. Ned Jarrett is on his way down for a word with Travis Carter and find out just what adjustments they made on that 7-Eleven skull-banded Buick. Well,
3: during the last we're round here, if Travis can hear us, Travis, he seems to be running a lot stronger now than he was before. Did you make some adjustments during that pit stop? Well, we made adjustments
9: on both pit stops. Well, we got everybody covered tonight. We'll just do the best we can. The plan right now is trying to get back
0: to the lead left, huh? Well, if if Darryl should get caught in that slow car and make a bobble or something, we might have a chance. It's pretty
3: grand. Well, this whole crew is primed here that he can catch him at some point and get back in that lead
5: lap.
0: Well, he's sure giving it a game try right now. He is not letting Waltrip get away. Harry has been right there on his bumper since they put him back under green. And right now, he's less than a car length behind him. As for the moment, he seems content just to ride there, maybe wait for a traffic situation that would give him a shot at getting back on the lead lap. Waltrip is still in front at Nashville, Tennessee. He's on a lap ball by himself. Harry Gantt been trying to get back on the lead lap as he, he gets Waltrip in traffic this time off turn number two. He's trying to put the pinch on him. Harry went up around the
2: outside,
0: but Jimmy Means moved down, let Waltrip out of the line, and Harry Gantt still second, but he made a heck of a run at it right there. Harry Gantt had a shot at Darrell just a second ago coming off that number two corner. If he could have pinched Darrell right in behind Jimmy Means a little bit quicker, he could have got his lap back, but Waltrip saw that situation coming and moved up in the groove, didn't give him the time to do it As he hounds him again off the number two corner, Darrell is in front of the lead lap by himself. Gantt rides second. Bobby Allison is third. He's perhaps three seconds behind in that third position. Right behind him rides right now. Richard Petty in fourth spot. And fifth is Jeff Bodine.
1: Sixth will be Tim Richmond. Seventh is the Terry Labonte automobile. Eighth is Bill Elliott. Ninth outside pole sitter Buddy Baker. And tenth is Ricky Rudd. Then two laps off the pace. Jody Ridley is eleventh. Dale Earnhardt is twelfth. Three laps back are Ron Bouchard, Kyle Petty and Mark Martin four laps off the pace, Joe Ruttman and Dave Marcus.
0: The attrition rate has not been high at all here at Nashville, Tennessee, and they, that is such a credit to the mechanics. A few years ago, less than probably five or six years ago, a lot of times, as much as half the field would be sitting in the garage area, not only on the short tracks, but the super speedways and all around. And the last, seemed like the last year and a half, if you lose five or six cars, it's unusual.
3: Yes, it is, Barney, and uh, it is quite a tribute to the uh, mechanics, the men who put these things together, prepare them for each race. And that's one thing that has helped to make uh, Winston Cup competition so competitive, is the fact that they're more, the cars are prepared better, they'll run uh, longer, they can run harder longer, I should say, and uh, that just makes for good competition.
0: There's plenty of it here tonight if they could just figure out a way to deal with Darrell Waltrip as he has lapped the field. If you joined our broadcast late, the only top contender in the field that has fallen to the wayside, Morgan Shepard, who started on the pole, something with sour at his engine, and he has gone to the garage area. He is out.
1: We had a race, uh, I think it was last August or last August race at Michigan International Speedway. Dave Marcus finished the race only one lap off the lead pace and was a little disgusted to find out he'd go home
0: with 18th place money being only one lap down. But that's the kind of competition that's been on the Winston Cup Tour for the last couple of years. The competition just gets better week after week. You keep hearing us say that, but it really, really does. Whereas a couple of years ago, four or five cars were given a shot to win every time they drop the green. There's a legitimate 12 to 15 out there. If the brakes fall their way, can get it done. But tonight, the brakes are going to have to fall on Darrell Waltrip's head for somebody to roll into victory lane besides himself. Still an awful long ways to go in the Busch 420. And Harry Gant is really just chewing the rear bumper off Waltrip's car but he can't get around him they're back in one
2: part of harry's problem is the Waltrip has the fast line those cars will they really tap as he comes into turn two the pattern has been for harry to run right up on the tail of waltrip in the middle of turn two he's got a better line coming out of the turn but waltrip's got the dig he's got the traction and he's able to pull away by just that little bit that he needs to keep gant at bay
1: say one thing about the crowd here. This is a pro-Waltrip crowd. Harry Gantt gave Waltrip a shot, and I think about three people right down here in front of us stood up. But everybody else seems to be pulling for Darrell in that Mountain
0: Dew machine tonight. Well, they were all insurance adjusters that jumped up worrying (laughs) about a whiplash claim because he could really give him one the way he tapped him over there a moment ago. Waltrip's in front. He's on a lap by himself. Gantt rides in second spot. He's the only car close to him right now trying to get himself unlapped. Bobby Allison about four or five seconds back rides in the third spot. Fourth is Richard Petty. Fifth is Bodine. Sixth is Tim Richmond. He's having a good run here tonight. Was right up in the thick of things for a while. Then in seventh spot, Bill Elliott's also having a good run, and Terry Labonte rides in eighth position. That battle for fourth place is beginning to close up. Richard Petty has fourth in his STP
1: Pontiac. The Pontiac of Jeff Bodine and the Buick of Tim Richmond, they're all just a car length apart as they come off four, and it's again the type of situation we've seen earlier. Richmond way up on the top of the racetrack. The other two cars down low as they head for the back straightaway.
2: And on the back straightaway, they're going to. past J.D. McDuffie, whose crippled car is limping down on the inside. It's not going to cause anybody any problem. There go Petty, Bodine, and Richmond flashing by on the outside. Good battle
1: for the fourth position out of turn four. Petty down low. Bodine working the high groove now with Richmond as he tries to close in. One car length separates Petty from Bodine. Now there is no difference as they go to the
2: turn two. Bodine had a notion to go up top, decided not to. Instead,
0: Richmond went all the way to the outside. Bodine within inches of Petty will try the inside at turn three. Bodine takes it right to the bottom of the racetrack. They get together a little bit and swap some paint between Richard Petty and Jeff Bodine. And Bodine has it by half a car length. And caution is on the speedway for the third time this evening.
1: J.D. McDuffie's car is stalled on the racetrack here on lap 210. This will be the third caution of the evening as J.D. McDuffie's car is stalled between turns three and four down at the track apron. And, Ned, it doesn't look as if this will be as welcome a caution as the two before it. Not that many of the cars had lost the handle since that last pit stop.
3: No, they, they several of them had improved considerably, uh, Mike Joy. That other one was definitely a needed caution because their green flag pit stops were coming up very shortly. But that's not the case this time. They haven't run that long. However, I'm sure that we'll see a number of the cars coming in uh, to make pit stops as it get slowed down.
1: 211 of 420 laps complete here in the Bush 420. Just at the halfway point is Darrell Waltrip, Harry Gant, Bobby Allison, and Jeff Bodine. The front four all come on to pit road. Pit road's where the
3: action is. Let's go to Ned. Bobby Allison was just about to go a lap down as the caution car was coming off of the fourth turn. He beat the caution car, but just as he went out of the piss, the hood came up on the Gatorade Chevrolet, and so he's going into turn three over there looking out the side window. He'll have to come back into the pits.
1: Well, the crew was still working on the car, and they were trying to pin the hood. As Bobby came came off of pit road, he still had a couple of mechanics clinging onto the fender trying to pin the hood. Obviously, they didn't get it and he'll have to come on to pit road as he comes around.
3: And I'll tell you, that hood has been deformed also, Mike, as it went up and uh, curled itself around the windshield and across the top of the car. It'll be interesting to see if they will be able to get the thing fastened down. He's caught up to the field now. He did not come in that last time around. He'll be coming in this time, I'm sure, but he wanted to catch up to the field so they'd have more time to work on the car. Meanwhile, Darrell Waltrip did take on four tires on his car. Jeff Lodine has been back in and changed the left side on the Performance Connection Pontiac. He changed right sides the other time around. Harry Gant took on all four tires also so he's right back on the bumper of Daryl Waltrip. This will be a brief caution. We'll visit
1: for a minute with a sponsor of the Bush 420, Michael Palmer, the brand manager of Busch Beer for Anheuser Busch. When you folks got into Winston Cup racing, you sponsored the Junior Johnson car with Cale Yarborough as driver, and now you've shifted your focus. You have, of course, the Bush pole position and a couple of Bush races around the circuit. And you've redirected your, your approach to NASCAR racing, but it appears that the results have paid off for you.
9: Yes, we certainly have redirected our efforts. We thought it was more important to sponsor the sport overall instead of just one individual competitor. Not only do we think it makes the sport more competitive and more interesting, but it also helps Bush beer. And uh, we believe that our sponsorship gives us the opportunity to help our distributors around the country, including the one right here, A and C Distributing, sell Bush beer.
1: Well, there's not a driver in the pits that doesn't want a piece of that bush pole position money and a shot at the bush clash that's been a tremendous promotion. It certainly
9: has been we're very pleased with it and uh, the the results have been tremendous both for them and for the development of the Bush Clash, which has gotten bigger and bigger each year.
1: Mike, we'll talk to you a bit in a minute once the field settles down as we're set to go back to green.
0: Darrell Waltrip takes the green and shuffles off into the number one corner. Harry Gant is right behind him, and he's trying to hang in there and get his lap back again, Dave Despain.
2: Waltrip got about four car lengths on him as they hit the green, and now Harry starts to gobble that back up as they go to turn three. Meanwhile, Bobby Allison's got a lot of
3: catching up to do. He got caught way back in traffic. Well, they did get the hood back uh, down on that car. It's really mangled, but they did get it passing back down they had to use some shout cord to do it.
0: Well, he's way back about the middle of the field. He's got about 15 or 16 cars to work his way through to catch back up to Darrell Waltrip and hopefully put himself back on the lead lap. As they head back into turn number three, Darrell's in front. on still on a lap all by himself. Gant rides in the second spot. He's one car length back. Bill Elliott should be the third place car. Fourth would be Ricky Rudd. And fifth position should be Jody Ridley. Riding seventh is Tim Richmond. Eighth is Terry Labonte. And riding in ninth right now is Jeff Bodine as the field begins to string out all around the racetrack. Waltrip still in front. Gant trying to overhaul him over in turn number two as they work down the back chute. And Waltrip again is just as strong after that pit stop as he was a moment ago.
1: With 100 or rather 218 laps of the Busch 420 complete for Nashville International Raceway. This is MRN the Motor Racing Network.
0: Should be about 119 laps left, 199 laps left, in the Bush 420 here at Nashville, Tennessee. Walker's still the leader. A lap down, the rest of the field right now, trying to chase him down. Gant rides in the second spot. In third position is Bill Elliott. Fourth is Ricky Rudd. Fifth is Tim Richmond. Sixth is Terry Labonte. Seventh is Bodine. Eighth right now is Buddy Baker. Riding ninth is Bobby Allison, and 10th is Richard Petty. Then two laps off the pace in 11th and 12th position is Dale Earnhardt in the Ranger car of Bud Moore and Jody Ridley. The action is heated up back for a couple of spots
1: of the cars a lap down.
0: Well, the battle is for fourth position right now. Ricky Rudd trying to pull away from Terry Labonte and Jeff Bonine, who have been trying to reel him in back there. As they work out of turn number four, there's been a real scramble, then a little further back in the pack. Tim Richmond's trying to get around Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt is a lap down, but buddy is trying to has, catch up also. Buddy Baker has slowed dramatically on the backstretch, Barney. He's headed for pit road. Here is Baker on pit road, and let's see if he has a problem that's going to put him out for the night, or maybe he's cut a tire. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Well,
3: this is definitely an unscheduled pit stop uh, for Buddy Baker uh, Barney as he comes down pit road he's uh, slowing but no he, he just waves to his crew as he goes on by and pulls her on down into the garage area.
0: So you got to give Baker an awful lot of credit. He made a good run here tonight as we pointed out earlier when we came on the air. It has been three years since Buddy has run a short track here at Nashville Tennessee although he did win here once and in, in Harry Hyde's car had some good finishes when he drove for Bud Moore but it's been a long time since he's been here but he's right up in the thick of things. A lot of credit to Buddy Baker and he is tickled to death to be back running every weekend. We may have some comments from him on that.
3: Barney, we'll take our uh, wireless microphone down and see if we can catch Buddy as he gets out of his car.
0: And find out what has put Baker out for the evening here at Nashville. Waltrip still the leader. He's on a lead lap all by himself. Much the same strategy and everything else going his way as it did back in May when he won here. Gant right now has dropped back a little bit. He is in the second spot. He is a lap down. As we pointed out, he's lost off of Waltrip now, some eight or ten car links. You know the car on the charge, Barney, is a driver that's been having a tremendous
1: middle portion of this season, and that's Bill Elliott, the runner-up at Charlotte, the runner-up just one week ago in the Firecracker 400. He's in third spot here, and he looks like he may be closing a bit on
0: Harry Gantt. Let's go to the pits and Ed Jarrett.
4: Well, Buddy Baker has parked the car number 28. Buddy, what went wrong? I really don't know. Uh... I think we busted a head. The water run out under the left rear wheel. Uh, It's been skipping for about uh, 150 laps or 130 laps, and we're just trying to make it to the end. Run super good right at first. I was real proud of the way the car was working. And it got a little bit of a mess, and finally I guess the whole top of the head come out, and it just started throwing so much water, I couldn't drive it, so I brought it in.
3: Buddy has the crack out there. Is it getting as slick as it normally does?
4: Well, it's slick, but uh, the cars are running pretty good right now, especially at eight, uh, number eleven. I, I don't, uh, I don't really think it's that slick out there. I think it's just uh, somebody hit on the right setup and it's showing up. Well, we're sorry to see you out
0: of it, Buddy Baker, out for the night here at Nashville, Tennessee. But he put on a pretty good run there in the early going, and I think Baker. ...is going to be a driver to watch when we hit some of the short tracks. He's certainly won on the super speedways, but he's developed into one of the better short track drivers.
1: Back in March, Barney, NASCAR legalized the use of aluminum cylinder heads and talked to Waddell Wilson before the race tonight. This is the third time this year they have tried the aluminum heads. They don't develop quite as much power yet as the design of the cast iron cylinder heads, but they're a little less expensive in that they can be repaired if they do break. And that's why many of the teams have been working with them, trying to get them to work, because if you break a cast iron cylinder head, You have to junk it, and that has become quite an expense for the teams running these Chevrolet engines. So uh, they've been working on it, Junior Johnson's engine department, uh, the Gatorade team, and also Chevrolet's engine department also. It looks like they still have a ways to go with it, at least as far as the Baker car is concerned tonight. Here's an unscheduled stop for Kyle Petty on Pitt Road coming in in his STP Uno Pontiac. Now, they drove the Haas Ellington car at Daytona. That's the Haas Ellington Buick. This is the Petty Pontiac, the car that Kyle has been driving for most of the season. Mike Neem and the crew having a look at the left side, but they're not jacking it up. Instead, looking in the window, talking with Kyle, fill the car off with gas, going to try to send it back out onto the speedway.
0: Kyle Petty will go back into the action, and we'll take you back through the field a bit. Waltrip is the leader. Gant rides second. Good run for Bill Elliott, she you pointed out a moment ago. He's gaining just a little bit each time around, but it's taking him a long time to catch up to the front of the pack, but he's slowly working his way up there. He's in third spot. Fourth is Ricky Rudd. Fifth is Terry Labonte. Sixth is Bodine. Riding seventh is Tim Richmond. Eighth would be Bobby Allison. In ninth position is Richard Petty, and those cars from second through ninth spot are a full lap off the pace. Then back in tenth position it is Dale Earnhardt. He's two laps down. He's followed by Jody Ridley in 11th. The 12th place right now, 13th, make that 13th belongs to Dave Marcus. In 14th position is Ron Bouchard and in 15th spot is young Mark Martin. Kyle Petty has taken his STP Uno Pontiac to
1: the garage area so it'll be a short evening for Kyle. Jeff Bodine and Terry Labonte, one of the best battles on the racetrack. Those two cars running nose to tail for the fifth position. Tim Richmond not quite within striking distance. Bodine has a look on the inside as they hit for Dave Despain.
2: This is the kind of meat and potatoes action that dirt track fans love every Saturday night around the country. Bodine working on Labonte,
0: and they've been at it for about 20 laps now. Labonte trying the inside, Bodine the outside as they hit three and four. Bodine is really beginning to develop in quite a young race driver in Winston Cup competition as we said earlier to, in the evening we are talking with him at Daytona last week he is a determined driver, right now he goes underneath, Terry Labonte trying to take a position away. That's where Bodine's been doing most of his
2: work here tonight, that's where he got on the inside of Richmond and made that bump and shuffle pass earlier, Labonte's
0: not giving him a thing as he stomps the throttle on the outside Two of the newcomers on Winston Cup competition going at it hot and heavy and the fans are watching this one, they are still exactly a dead heat as they cross the start finish line and haul it back into turn one.
2: Very slowly, Bodine able to edge the hood out in front of Labonte's car. Now Dale Earnhardt is in the middle of that pack, and he could be a factor. He's going to watch as Labonte dives in between them. It's Bodine with the spot.
1: Earnhardt's another lap down from that battle as Jeff Bodine now has Terry Labonte. That's for the fifth spot. Let's go to Ned.
3: Kyle Petty has just crawled out of the Uno STP Pontiac. What
10: happened, Kyle? Well, uh, I guess the ratchet went out in the gear. You get it going out in a corner and let off of it and the car just got plumbed sideways and it kept getting worse and worse and I was having to use the brakes to keep the car straight, but finally just about ran out of brakes. So it was just in the way of everybody else. And Joe Fisher in the right? Hard enough to keep him straight on this racetrack
3: without a problem with that sort of. That's for sure. Okay, Kyle Petty out over here tonight.
1: Well, the brakes in the rear end, certainly Barney, two components of the car that'll take an awful lot of abuse on a short track like this.
0: So Kyle Petty has joined the retirees of Morgan Shepherd, who went out a little bit earlier, and Kyle is on pit road along with Buddy Baker, or in the garage, as we should say here at Nashville. A couple of other stories we can bring you up to date on Mark Martin's towing rig involved
1: in an incident on the way to Daytona that made a lot of the papers. The front end of the truck was bashed in when the driver hit a slow-moving tractor-trailer truck. Fortunately, no injuries. The truck had to be towed 200 miles to get to Daytona. They have leased a tow rig from the Junior Johnson team in order to make this race and a couple of more while their car rather, their truck is being repaired so it has not caused them to miss a race on the Winston Cup circuit. We talked with Bud Moore down in the garage area in the last couple of races here on Motor Racing Network. We've been kind of taking the Ford people a task. Last November they promised some new equipment, engine blocks and cylinder heads for the Ford teams that were just about out of those commodities but they've been kind of slow in coming but they sent out a news release this week and I had a chance to talk to Bud and ask him if some of those engine blocks had finally come through.
6: Yes, uh, we got in five new cylinder blocks uh, this past week and uh, we're looking forward to having new cylinder heads by the first of August and a uh, lot more parts and pieces they are making and uh, it took time for them to get all their act together up there to get stuff made, so I feel confident now that uh, the parts will start rolling in pretty soon and we'll have plenty of any kind of parts that we need.
1: Well, it's our understanding that Ford dismantled that last 351 V8 engine production line in Australia, where they had to make those engine blocks. So that this is the last of the last of them. I asked him how many engines, or how many blocks they made, and what he expects the duration of that supply to last.
6: Well, they I think they made uh, somewhere between a thousand cylinder blocks. So uh, by this being a racing cylinder block, that should last a good while. I know uh, when we had these blocks made before, there was only 600 made, and they lasted about four years. So. I feel like what they have made now in time, everybody gets how many blocks they need all over the United States. You know, you say, well, a thousand cylinder blocks, time it goes all over the United States and all the four dealers, and everybody gets one or two, uh, and they ain't going to be too many. But still, uh, I think there'll be ample supply of blocks and all uh, to the carriers for the next three or four years. Yep.
1: Well, hopefully that's good news for the fans of the Wood Brothers and Bud Moore, Bill Elliott, Jody Ridley, the other four teams that run the Winston Cup circuit. They can uh, start building up a supply of those engines instead of having
0: to worry about being down to the last two or three. It won't be too long down the road till they'll be at Bristol, Tennessee, and that is the only night race they have over there. That'll be coming up in August, and we'll talk about that before the evening is over. Darrell Walter having everything his way here, much the same as he did in May when he came up here, and incidentally, that was the last time that he has been in victory lane. The team has had more than their share of problems, along with quite a few of the Winston Cup teams since that time. Trying to turn it around, Waltrip still feels that Junior Johnson and the Mountain Dew crew can win the Winston Cup Driving Championship for a second time in a row in his career with that team. And last year, they were, what, a little over 300 points behind at one time. I think they're 180-some, 170-some right now, so they're in a little better shape right now than they were at one point last year. Well, Bobby Allison has
1: eclipsed both point leader, early point leader Terry Labonte and Waltrip, who ran one-two for many weeks. Allison the leader has 35 points on Terry Labonte and Darrell Waltrip is 186 points out of the Winston Cup lead so he cannot take over the point lead of
0: course or second spot tonight but could narrow that gap considerably. Well, a win would put him a little bit closer to the front and if you're wondering why I'm stuttering and can't tell you what all these points are it's dark in this booth here at Nashville and without some lights and my glasses, too. I have trouble seeing, that's for sure. Well, I think Waltrip has everybody in the dark tonight. They certainly have the field covered. They have lapped the
1: field and have now opened up an additional straightaway on second place Harry again. Let's go a little further back in the point standings. There's some good stories there, and probably the best one to come along in a long time is at fourth position. Buddy Arrington of Martinsville, Virginia has finished every Winston Cup race this year. He's only got three finishes in the top ten, and he says that luck has a lot to do with it. For example, at Atlanta in March, or rather at Richmond in February. The race was shortened by rain. If it had been restarted, they would have started without Arrington. His car was parked on the backstretch with a dead battery and no clutch, and he says there have been a number of lucky incidents like that that have kept him finishing every single race and fourth at the point standing. Dale Earnhardt, the 1980 champion, is in the fifth spot. Harry Gant, who has never won the Winston Cup and just finally picked up his first victory on the Winston Cup trail in April at Martinsville. Gant is sixth. Benny Parsons, who tonight broke the second longest string in NASCAR racing for consecutive races. He had run over 300 races consecutively. Tonight, Parsons, without a ride for the Bush 420 for the first time in 10 seasons, he is seventh in the point parade, will drop from that spot this evening. Eighth is Dave Marcus. Ninth is Morgan Shepherd. Tenth, last year's Rookie of the Year, Ron Bouchard. Richard Petty, trying to overcome what has not been one of his best seasons, is 11th ahead of Jody Ridley, Ricky Rudd who had a pretty disastrous start to the season but they've had some good finishes lately they're 13th, Jimmy Means is 14th the independent driver from Huntsville, Alabama Neil Bonnet, Kyle Petty, rookie Mark Martin, Joe Ruttman, Bill Elliott and J.D. McDuffie are the top 20 in the Winston Cup standings as we come here to Nashville
0: So many of the young teams are beginning to surface in the top 10 of the Winston Cup points chase, that team of Ricky Rudd the Piedmont Airlines car, they've done a complete turnaround and right now he has had some good strong finishes lately and hope to even finish in the top three here tonight maybe even win the race because Richard Childress and the crew, I think their whole attitude has changed on that team.
1: They've made some personnel changes after about ten races this season and things have really picked up and they have the solid backing of the Piedmont Airline folks. They're Fiedmont executives at just about every race and some of them, Bill Howard, the president in particular, become really, really race fans and try not to miss a race either listening to it on the radio or being there in person. We mentioned at the top of the broadcast there were ten cars that qualified within a ten a tenth of a second and Ricky Rudd is the first time he has missed qualifying on the first day he was the fastest second-day qualifier as you heard him tell Michael Palmer earlier in the broadcast picked up that wild card spot or a chance at it in the bush pole runs but I asked him you know a tenth of a second out of 23 seconds around a racetrack or 22 is not all that much can you really see where you lose as minute a fraction as a tenth of a second on this racetrack
0: well, you can you can pretty much tell where your 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 weak spot is and uh, what you'll do. You have a weak spot, and uh, ours happened to be in the, right in the middle of the corner, and we knew we're off a little bit. It's hard to tell
6: exactly how much time you're losing, but it feels like it's actually more time than what you actually lose. So, uh, it is pretty easy to go find to, to find out where you're losing that tenth of a second. The hard part is is to correct
0: the car. So it it uh, it. It corrects the problem on the racetrack without having it lose somewhere else.
1: Well, it's been the hard part for just about everybody but Darrell Waltrip tonight. He's lapped the field. Harry Gant rides second. Bill Elliott having a real good run here is third. 274 laps completed
0: in Nashville. Buddy Arrington slowing down, heading down into the number one turn. He may have some problems. Let's follow him around as he works to turn two. Barney, it
3: came awfully high off of the fourth turn and came off at a very slow pace and then got it down to the inside of the track. He's in front of Dave Dostain. Arrington is
2: coasting on the backstretch. Appears to be without power, so it looks like that string of successive finishes for Buddy Arrington may be all over here tonight.
1: At 278 laps complete, we're under the fourth caution of the evening. Let's go to Dave Despain at turn two.
2: In turn two, Daryl Sage had it come loose underneath him. The 17-year-old Murfreesboro, Tennessee driver got sideways all by himself on the racetrack. There wasn't anybody within a country mile of him. He slid down and just tapped the inside Armco, but now he's looking back up the racetrack, and no opportunity to get turned around and back underway. The car is under power. He has pulled it back up onto the apron and is now just awaiting an
0: opportunity of a break in traffic to get back onto the course. Bobby Allison is right back in the thick of things as they drop the green and Waltrip takes them back into the number one corner and Harry Gant is up there again so is Ricky Rudd as they try to get their lap back as they head for turn two.
2: Pretty characteristic pattern here Waltrip getting a good restart. Gantt going up the outside. Bill Elliott is now right on Gant's tail.
0: Elliott's been putting on a strong run. He's third and Jeff Bodine is fourth. Ricky Rudd found a little opening coming off that fourth corner and got the jump on Harry Gantt and scooted up into the second spot. Now Gantt finds himself back in third position and moves Moving right up there is Bill Elliott as the front five cars try to chase Waltrip down and get back in the lead lap. They're back in two. Bobby Allison taps
2: the rear deck of Dale Earnhardt, who is a couple of laps down. Allison was sixth on the restart, so he
0: actually picked up three positions despite having to go to the pits for that addition of oil. Strong battle for the second spot. Gantt trying to take it away from Ricky Rudd. They come door to door off the fourth corner, and at the line it's Gantt by half a car link. Rudd isn't coming out of the throttle. He's still there. Rudd looking as strong as he has all
2: night. Elliott comes up inside him. They are fender to fender. Gantt, good dig off the corner, couple of car lengths on the red. and Elliott battle for third. Bill Elliott hangs tough on the
1: inside in that milling tool forward and he's got the advantage of the Piedmont Airlines Pontiac third and fourth spots transfer as they come out of turn number four. Elliott third. Rudd will be the fourth place car as they go back to turn one.
2: Jody Ridley's right there in the thick of that. He's your fifth place car and he's not two feet off the rear deck of Ricky Rudd. And now Jeff Bodine ducks into line and you've got a
0: good four car battle right there. They scramble all the way back through tenth position. It's Waltrip on the lead lap by himself trying to pull away from the field and he's beginning to do it a little bit as he gets away from Harry Gantt by ten or twelve car lengths. Bill Elliott trying to hang on to the rear deck lid of Harry Gantt and take over the second spot. Still, Ricky Rudd is riding fourth in fifth position right now as and he's beginning to move up, and Barney back in sixth is Bobby Allison. Go ahead, Ned. And Barney Hall, we were talking
3: earlier on the broadcast here about the uh, sensational season that Buddy Arrington has been having with his Chrysler and Dodge uh, products, but this is the first race that he's been able to talk to a radio announcer after the race started, but he's here with us now. Buddy, what happened?
12: Well,
9: Ned, it feels kind of funny being in here since his first time this year, but we've had trouble ever since I got here. We messed up an engine earlier this morning, had to change, and then we put one in. We thought everything's okay, and uh, I don't know. It broke all oil pump belt, or it, it, about the last 50 laps, it lost
3: power and will not running right, and I told Joey that... Uh, the engine was trying to tighten up it had broken valve springs or something and then finally it just lost all the oil pressure well you knew that it was a matter of time until you'd have to fall out of one race or the other even though you hated to see it
9: oh yeah yeah i knew that sooner or later it would happen there ain't no way you can just keep going and going and not have trouble it you know it's lucky that i've lasted 16 races and uh uh look like to me when i do have trouble it always happens in nashville i have more bad luck here than anywhere i go
3: well, we're sorry to see you out of it. Appreciate you
11: coming by. Thank you.
0: One of the most likable drivers on the tour and one of the hardest working, Buddy Arrington from Martinsville, Virginia. Out of it for the night here at Nashville, but he's had a whale of a season thus far and still got about a half a season to go. And let's hope he can have the consistent finishes the rest of the year that he's had at the beginning. Waltrip is in front. He is still has the field a lap down. Riding along in second spot right now is Harry Gann. And he's beginning to reel in Waltrip a little bit.
1: Good battle for the fourth spot. It's Jeff Bodine against Ricky Rudd and it seems that wherever there's been a battle on the racetrack tonight, Bodine has been right in the thick of it. Those two Pontiac Grand Prix's come off of turn four side by side. Rudd in the high groove. Bodine down at the bottom of the racetrack
2: and they continue to battle at turn one. Bodine's got the spot. Rudd wants it on the outside. We just saw a minor accident over here. Barney Halvey the crew of Bill Elliott had run back to their transporter with the little carts that they used to transport tires and they obviously needed some more tires for Elliott's car for this finish and they were hustling trying to get the little cart back across the ditch here and upset the cart, and tires went everywhere. They've gathered them back up now, but they were obviously hurrying, so Elliott is apparently going through tires at a little more of a rate than he might have expected. Meanwhile, that good battle continuing now. Bodine has broken free of Ricky Rudd, but the number 90 machine of
0: Jody Ridley is alongside Rudd now as they continue to battle into turn three. Some of those lap cars back there really having some heads-up battle and doing a little fender knocking right now. Bobby Allison, who's still a lap down, is right in the thick of that. So is Jody Ridley, and Dale Earn and they figure if we can't catch Walter, we'll do some hard racing and have a little fun here anyway. And that's what they've been doing. They're back in front of Dave Despain. Spain. Allison's
2: car looking strong. If that oil pressure problem is hampering him, it certainly isn't showing. He's put Terry
0: Labonte behind him, and Harry Gant's continuing to close in on Walter, the leader. Harry Gant has tried all night long to unlap himself and get around Daryl Waltrip and he has really given him a workout but thus far, Waltrip's been able to keep him back there. There was quite a story on Daryl Waltrip about this race as he told us earlier a couple of years ago or last year also. He really wore himself out when he won here, had a foot that was blistered, was completely dehydrated, said he was hallucinating and he said he's on a chemical diet now.
10: Some foods that he felt like he had been told if he could eat, that he could build his resistance up to the heat here he talked about that there's some things you can do you know there are certain vitamins and uh, minerals and there's some uh, fruit that you can eat that like bananas are high in potassium vitamin c things of this nature and and last year down here i i just really got in terrible shape uh i had cramps and I i was dehydrated and i was hallucinating even i really didn't know what was going on and uh uh, one of the football players told me that you, know, you ought to take certain vitamins that'll, that'll compensate for some of that, so that's what we've been doing, and I do feel better. Uh, I have, I've been in, uh, like at Daytona, I didn't get to run very long, but the heat wasn't bothering me nearly as bad, and uh, tomorrow night I guess will be the true test, Saturday night will, to see if it's working or not, but I do believe I feel better. Well, it's working for him right now, and the
0: reason Waltrip got off on that kick was one of the NFL football players put him onto that. Oakland, yeah.
10: Dave Casper plays for Oakland. He, he was here last year. He was honorary starter, and uh, he was in victory circle with me, and uh, I was cramped up. I was bowed up. I just couldn't even, my legs was pulling up behind my back, and I was just turned into a knot, and he got me on my back and got my feet up in the air and kind of got me straightened out a little bit, And then he was talking to Jackie and I and said, you know, there were certain things that you could do, and uh, so uh, we're going to see if it works or not. Well,
0: it used to be that you just got in a race car, went out there and tried to outrun everybody. Now you have to figure out every angle you can to to give yourself that much more advantage. Ned, were there ever things that you'd want to try to eat
1: or not try to eat before a race? or I won't say try to drink or not try to drink, but did you ever have to watch your diet
3: carefully for racing? Before I answer that, Bobby Allison has slowed the Gatorade uh, Chevrolet number 88. Several cars are passing him. He's slow going in to turn through. We'll watch him and see if he comes into the the pit area. That oil pressure problem might be... Uh, hampering him a little heavier he stays out on the racetrack but he's uh, definitely off the pace we'll keep our eye on that but uh, well there was a lot of consideration uh, to things back then Mike yes as far as what you might eat before a race certainly you didn't want to eat pork and things that might be upsetting to your stomach or any uh, fried foods or greasy or anything of that nature uh, but I don't think that we paid as much attention to vitamins and and uh, minerals and and all the things that maybe your body does need that that they do nowadays and I I would say that it was at least as strenuous on the drivers uh, then as it is today. Now, perhaps there was not quite as much heat generated inside the cars then as there is now because Uh, the cars were uh, required to run higher off the ground, which let a lot of the heat dissipate underneath the car, plus the fact that the engines were only being turned about uh, 6,500 maximum back then. And here, I'm sure that the top-running cars out there tonight are turning close to 8,000 RPMs, and that generates a lot of heat, and the cars being lowered to the ground now, that uh, really gets up in the driver compartment. Bobby Allison posted his two laps down. He'll lose another one. He's
1: on pit road. Let's go back to Ned.
3: Well, they're going to take a look and see if it is that oil pressure problem. And I'm afraid that it might be too much of a problem. They are taking a a look at it and talking to Bobby to see exactly what the situation is. Now he's rolling down pit road, or he started to go and then they stopped, so they're uh, continuing to have problems there, so he's put Bobby Allison out of contention here tonight.
0: We are under caution here at Nashville Speedway, and this will be the fifth one of the evening. It came out a moment ago when Jeff Bodine spun over in turn number two. Let's go over to Dave Despain.
2: Could have been a scary moment for some of the front runners. Jeff Bodine was running fourth and spun directly in front of Terry Labonte, Tim Richmond, and Richard Petty, who were running fifth, sixth, and seventh. Everybody got by. Bodine ended up facing the wrong way on the back stretch, sat there a moment, waited for a hole in traffic, did a parking lot spin around, shoved it in low gear and just mashed it and turned a bunch of smoke off the rear tires as he spun it around and got back underway without losing a lap.
1: It does not appear as if he lost a lap in the
2: process, does it, Dave? It doesn't appear that, uh, that way from here. I think he definitely got back underway before the leaders came around. The caution car is now grouping the field back up in turn two, but it looks like Bodine stayed on the same lap.
0: We are back under green at Nashville. Walker again, takes that green and sets sail on the rest of the field. He has everybody a lap down. Gant is right there, same place he's been for about the last 250 laps trying to unlap himself. Bill Elliott is up there again. As they scoot up through traffic, so is Tim Richmond. Single file, they head over to turn number three. Nobody's been able to do anything with Darrell Waltrip all evening. A change of rubber around on most of the cars again, and Waltrip again shows his superiority as they put him back under green.
2: He stays within a couple of car lengths as they work into turn two, but once again, the pattern is familiar. Waltrip's going where he wants to go, and I don't think Harry's got the stuff to get around him. So it's Harry Gant in second, Bill Elliott rides in the third spot, Tim Richmond in
1: fourth, Ricky Rudd in fifth, Terry Labonte in sixth, Jeff Bodine in seventh, Richard Petty posted back in the eighth spot along with Dale Earnhardt. Those cars are two laps down. Jody Ridley is three laps back. Mark Martin, Ron Bouchard, Lake Speed, and Dave Marcus are four laps off the pace. Gary Baker, the promoter of Nashville Raceway, steps into our booth as they drop Bobby Allison's car off the jacks and Again, they can't get that car rolling down pit Road, but Gary, I don't see an empty seat in the place. looks like you've got a full house tonight.
9: Mike, it is looking that way. It was sort of a late-coming crowd because of the weather we've been fighting here a little bit in Nashville, but uh, these people are determined to watch Winston Cup racing, and rain or no rain in the atmosphere, they're going to come.
1: Well, a little bit of the practice was rained out. I'm surprised that we don't have a whole pile of country music stars here tonight. It seems that every time we run a race here, you've got a crowd of them.
9: Mike, it would surprise you, but if I went down through the entire list of the of the people who had contacted us and wanted to come but could not do it, it uh, I think it would take us about 10 minutes. First on the list, obviously, is T.G. Shepard. He was out in California doing some filming of some TV uh, specials. Uh, Loretta Lynn contacted us. Tammy Wynette, she's suddenly become a real avid racing fan. Uh, Conway Twitty, uh, Mel Tillis, it could go down through the list. All of them that contacted us wanted to come, but... You know how it is. This is sort of their haymaking season.
1: Well, certainly they're all on the road and all out on tour. But I understand you've got some new excitement at Bristol International Raceway when we go there at the end of August for the Bush 500.
9: Mike, indeed, that is the case. Uh, I guess we're about ready to put this one to bed. So our attention here at Bristol and, and Nashville Raceways, of course, does turn to the Bush 500 coming up August 28th at Bristol. In trying to get ready for that event, uh, after the situation we had there last year, we sort of took a fresh look and said it's time to do some pretty substantial expansion, and that's exactly what we've set out to do. It's a very substantial expansion program that we hope to have totally implemented prior to the running of the Bush 500.
1: I understand you spent about half a million dollars up there. You've doubled the width of pit Road, and I always thought that we had the best seat in the house with the radio booth, but I guess you're going to sell some seats that are better than the ones where we sit.
9: I think so, Mike. You might want to get up on the top row of the new grandstand towers that we plan to have installed. Uh, They have told us that there will be no problem in having two new twin tower grandstands constructed prior to the August 28th event. That's what we're endeavoring to do. It will add about... Uh, 3,000 seats these should be premier seats high rise if you can believe it 57 rows high towering over the racetrack
1: well so many racetracks when they add seats they're out toward the end of the grandstand or perhaps in the infield if you're going to bristol august 28th there'll be 3,000 brand new seats and they'll be the best seats in the house and i'll bet the phone will be ringing off the wall monday morning
9: Mike I think that's probably the case the right things have been going up there we're not exactly sure what's going on but uh, we just can't quite keep up with the demand for tickets and this is sounds crazy but uh, the record crowd that we had last year where literally we did have to turn people away from the Winston Cup event um, and maybe that sort of told some people get there early and here we are about six to seven weeks away from that event but our girls are just doing an unbelievable uh, number of tickets out that door every day. I think we're running something like three to four times ahead of this point last year, as hard as that is to believe.
1: Well, what's going on up there is some of the best short track racing on the Winston Cup circuit. It's good to see that if you have as big a crowd as you did, it won't be a turn away crowd this time.
9: That's it. We don't like that attitude of turning them away. If they want to see their Winston Cup guys out there on the track, we want to be able to, to allow them to do exactly that. We feel like with these improvements, the doubled restroom facilities, the increased seating, uh, the widened pit road for the competitors, I'll admit that pit road has been a little bit on the danger side. Um, this widened pit road, and two new concrete retaining walls, uh, 52 foot wide pit road. Somebody said probably you can expect to see Dale Earnhardt sidetracking it down through there and seeing if it's a quicker way around that track.
1: (laughs) Who knows? Gary, congratulations on a good crowd tonight, and we've only done one race at Bristol already. It's one of our favorite stops on the circuit. We'll look forward to going back there August 28th.
9: Mike, we appreciate that. We're always glad to have you, Barney, and the whole MRN crew. You're the greatest, and we appreciate you all being here.
0: Thank you. Gary Baker, promoter of the raceway. Some good scrambling has been going on in the field after we've gone back to green here at Nashville, Tennessee in the Bush 420 and it's been back in that fifth spot for fifth position and right now Waltrip is still the leader. Riding second is Gantt. The third place car is Bill Elliott. Fourth is Tim Richmond and a moment ago Terry Labonte, Jeff Bodine, and Ricky Rudd were really knocking hammer and tong on each other for that fifth spot. And as they come off the corner this time, it will be Terry Labonte up in fifth. But Dave Despain, they had really been getting at it. They were bumping around pretty good. All of those guys have kind of got a history of that here this evening, especially
2: Bodine, who's been in and out of those kind of frays all night. He finally had to let Labonte go, but he's still got his hands full with Ricky Rudd as they hit
0: turn three. Well, the latest report on Bobby Allison's car, they have taken it to the garage area, and we have been informed that they possibly will change that axle and try to get Bobby back into the race to get in as many laps as he can to, to pick up as many Winston Cup points as possible. Let's go to Ned, Jerry. Barney,
3: they did indeed change the axle out on pit road, but apparently the one that they put back in it was not the right length or something. There's a left axle and a right axle, and apparently they got the wrong uh, they didn't have the right one here and they put it back in there and it simply wouldn't pull, so they have taken it to the garage area where uh, they have more room to work on it and where they also have uh, the equipment to fix it with, so that we should see I'm coming back out for too
0: long. That's just how important the Winston Cup championship is, the national driving title, to Bobby Allison. We talked with him about that yesterday. It's the one thing that has eluded Allison in a long career, and he really wants it.
8: I really do, and you know, I, I think that from my own standpoint, I've run hard every year. Uh, mostly, I, I say I try to run hard in every race, and it, it seems to just add up to the idea that 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 should also but but only at the end of the season it should also mean uh the championship that's a race that's very important to all of us i asked bobby if the ingredients are there in the
0: gatorade team for him to win it this year but
8: we just haven't got it done or i just haven't got it done up to this point but i'm with a group of people that that, uh um very much on the same wavelength with uh the way we feel about racing and about uh the whole picture how to go about it and uh the priorities and i think maybe i do have a chance at it this year uh it, that could change i hope not and i hope that everybody keeps on working as hard as they've been working so far and uh that we have the good luck the good fortune and uh The talent of these guys, uh, Robert Yates and his engine crew, Gary Nelson and all his chassis guys, uh, keeps on coming through for me.
1: 88 laps to go, make that 87 as Darrell Waltrip's Mountain Dew Buick crosses the start-finish stripe. Harry Gant about a half a straightaway plus one lap behind him. Bill Elliott is right there, Elliott riding along in the third spot. We'll take you back through the field when we come back. From Nashville International Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network.
0: At Nashville International Raceway, Darrell Waltrip on the lead lap all by himself right now, continues to pace the field in the Bush 420. Harry Gantt rides in second spot, and he is beginning to lose a little ground, and Ned, it appears that something is wrong on that machine. Yes,
3: Barney, it doesn't have the speed that it had a little bit earlier, but Bill Elliott continues to inch up on him just a little bit, and it it appears as if he's not going down the straightaway quite as uh, strong as he was a little bit earlier. The car looks like it's handling okay in the turns, but... uh, it looks like the, the engine might have slowed a little bit for you.
0: Whatever the problem is, Gan has fallen far off the pace. A moment ago, he was able to keep Darrell in check and ride right along about a car link back, but now he's lost maybe three to five seconds somewhere in that range as Bobby Allison comes back out of the garage and goes onto the racetrack, and the fans here at Nashville stand up and give him a big cheer.
1: Good race for the third spot on the backstretch. Bill Elliott's number nine Melling tool Ford with Tim Richmond and Terry Labonte. All those cars are posted one lap down along with Jeff Bodine and Ricky Rudd, and Richmond was right underneath Elliott a lap ago as Elliott runs the high groove here 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 comes Richmond right on the bottom of the racetrack in that Stacy Buick and they come down the straightaway. It looks kind of like Dover, Barney, in miniature, where one car will go way to the top of the racetrack and one will run the bottom and they'll come out of the corner just right together
0: again. Well, Morgan Shepard commented earlier today how hard it was for the drivers themselves to keep up with what position they were in and who was on the lead lap and who was two laps down because of the different lines the drivers take around this racetrack. He said a lot of times you'll pass somebody and won't even see them out against the wall or down at the apron of the track. But right now, been still a pretty good scramble going on between these three youngsters, Bill Elliott, Tim Richmond, and Cherry Labonte. They're over in front of Dave Despain.
2: And they're catching Harry Gant at a very quick pace. They're within about five or six car lengths of Harry now, as the number 33 Skull Bandit definitely isn't handling quite the way it was early in the
0: race. And that's going to be a four-car battle real shortly. Harry Gant with some kind of problem on his car, the Skull Bandit. And right now Bill Elliott begins to reel him in. And that will be a battle for the number two spot as the traffic begins to build up around here and the laps wind down on the Bush 420 as they head up the backstretch.
2: They've got Rutman sandwiched between the Gant and Elliott machines now. Elliott goes to the top and takes Rutman out of the picture. And here comes Tim Richmond and Terry Labonte hot on his heels. They'll work
1: by the Joe Rutman pet Dairy Buick and then head for Harry Gant as they get to turn number one. Gant's Buick. Elliott dumps it in hard into the corner. Skates up high on the racetrack. Richmond takes the same line and Labonte is right locked on his bumper.
2: Meanwhile, Harry Gantt is continuing to run the same line through turn two. That's where he was making the run at Darrell Waltrip all the time between those yellow flags earlier on. But now he doesn't have that same line working as well. He's running in the same place on the
0: racetrack, but he's just not running through there as quick as he was. Bill Elliott trying to take over the number two spot. What a year he, is, this youngster has had with a sponsorship of the Metling Tool Company out of Michigan. Uh, he has really come to the forefront. He and his brother Ernie are... Unreal in the ability that they've had to put their own engines together and make that operation work. He's had, what, two second-place finishes already this year. Charlotte and two big races, Charlotte and Daytona. And he's in a good position to pick up another second or even a win here if Waltrip has trouble tonight. It's entirely possible. Let's take
1: a look back through the field. Waltrip's the leader. He has a lap and almost a straightaway on Harry Gant. Gantt's second position is in jeopardy. Four car links make that three in turn three to Bill Elliott. Tim Richmond is right there in fourth spot. In fact, he's underneath Elliott challenging for third. They come off the corner. He doesn't get it. In fourth is the Terry Labonte automobile. Fifth is Ricky Rudd. Sixth is Jeff Bodine and the handling has gone away on that car. It's very, very loose. They're all one lap down. Two laps off the pace, Richard Petty is in the eighth spot. In ninth is Dale Earnhardt. Three laps back is Jody Ridley in tenth. Four laps down, eleventh is Mark Martin. Twelfth is Ron Bouchard. Thirteenth is Dave Marcus. Fourteenth is Lake Speed. And fifteenth is Joe Rutman. Six or more laps off the pace, Jimmy Means, Daryl Sage, James Hilton, Tommy Gale, D.K. Ulrich. Bobby Allison is back in the race, but he's 37 laps down. Out of the race, if you joined us late, Buddy Arrington, Kyle Petty, the outside pole sitter Buddy Baker, J.D. McDuffie, the pole sitter Morgan Shepard, Lenny Pond, and Slick Johnson.
0: Nashville, Tennessee, the laps are winding down to the Bush 420 here on a Saturday night, and it's been a good one. Darrell Waltrip and his Mountain Dew team have completely dominated this race once they got in the lead. Nobody's been able to knock him off that front spot. He has a lap on the field. Right now, he's a lap and what? About almost a lap and a half, really, on everybody else. Harry Gant is in jeopardy of losing that second spot. Bill Elliott, Terry Labonte, Tim Richmond, and Richard Petty trying to chase him down, and we had a report a moment ago from Jay. Wells, who is in radio contact with Harry Gant and works for the Skull people, that the tires may have been heating up on that, and I think Ned Jarrett has made his way over to Travis Carter, maybe to get further word on that. If yes, I know. did
3: check with uh, Travis Carter, and that's exactly what he said, that the tires had uh, had heated up on him, which slowed him down, but now he's moved away from Bill Elliott a little bit. Elliott had moved right up on his back bumper, but now he has uh, been able to pull away a little bit, and I suspect that Elliott is uh, suffering from the same situation. On his hard run to catch Gantt, he was abused using those tires as he battles now with Terry Labotti, but uh, that uh, really abuses the tires, gets them heated up, and they just want to to the pavement as well.
0: Terry Labonte going after that third position right now on Bill Elliott as they go door to door and Richard Petty's going after fifth spot they head over to Dave Despain. Well
2: they in fact went three abreast as James Hilton was on the low side of the racetrack. Labonte went right up the middle and takes third spot away from Bill Elliott and Petty works inside. Tim Richmond who appears to have that same problem, his car very loose, probably hot tires and he's in danger of losing a spot to Petty.
0: Well, we're wondering if they will make another appearance on pit road. Ned, they can go the distance with no problem fuel-wise, unless they really had to stop.
3: Yes, they can, Barney. That fuel would not be a problem because the last time they stopped, they could—they uh, were not uh, enough laps left that it would burn up a full tank of fuel, but tires normally here at Nashville, with the abuse that they give them, they run a softer compound here, of course, than to do on the bigger racetracks, and uh, that does heat the tires up more, and with the speed that they go into these turns, it really, the tires take a beating here, and so it's not that they wear out completely, but that they build up at the heat, and when the tires get hot, they pick up the other rubber on the track, and it really just makes them uh, not stick to the track too well, so some of them might make pit stops just to change tires but some of them might just go ahead and try to ride it out because they know that they're going to lose at
12: least
0: one lap if they do that. Well that's why you hear a lot of drivers say a set of tires just gave up and you explain that well that they do not wear out, they just can get them heated up to the point that they won't do the job on the racetrack for a moment. You have to kind of back off the pace and let them cool down and then make a run at somebody again and that's apparently what's happened with several of the front runners in their effort to try and chase Walter down and get back on the lead lap.
1: 360 laps complete. They're just 60 laps from the finish here at Nashville. Make that lap 361 as Waltrip continues to tick them off at a rather torrid pace. He lapped the field early before the halfway mark. In fact about lap 160 he had a lap on the field. Only three drivers have led this race. Morgan Shepard, the pole sitter, led the first 20 laps. Waltrip took over and except for one lap that Bill
0: Elliott led under the caution it has been all. Darrell Waltrip and the Dew crew here tonight. This track really belongs to him. So does Bristol and the Mountain Dew crew of Junior Johnson. And Martinsville Speedway, when they come to the short tracks, the team has just automatically figured that they will be the team to beat. And again, they have proven that indeed they are here at Nashville, Tennessee, on a Saturday night in the Bush 420. Laps began to wind down as Waltrip leads them around there. As Ned Jarrett pointed out, it's highly unlikely we'll see any more pit stops unless somebody just has a major problem and has to make an appearance on pit road. So the drivers now are beginning to get themselves set up for the final run here to improve their position as much as they can. Each one of those cars that are a lap down, Barney, probably has a good chance to trade position, and there
1: are six of those machines. So the only exception might be the Jeff Bodine car. It's gotten very loose, and every time Jeffrey tries to get off the corner hard, the back end of the car just wants to come right around on him, so he has faded a bit, but still one lap down the rest of that pack though stays pretty tightly bunched in front of Dave Despain.
2: Harry Gantt the second place car. Check out the uh, Harry Gantt machine in second being pursued now by Terry Labonte. Labonte is well around Bill Elliott but even though Waltrip's a lap and a quarter ahead of everybody you've got the next six automobiles running within
0: the length of the straightaway. They're all a little loose with the hot tires so it's a pretty interesting matchup among those six cars. Stack them three wide for that second spot as they head off into turn number one. Terry Labonte gets the inside groove and goes after the second spot on Gantt. First time gant has been Challenged all night. Here comes Labotti up the inside. He's got a fender alongside on the low line as they hit turn three. Terry Labotti trying to take over the second spot. He wants to pad some more points on his Winston Cup deal and try and maybe win the championship he led the midseason segment collected $25,000. Good battle for that second spot. He may get it in turn two. Labonte's got it. Can he keep it? He
2: slips in front of Harry Gantt and grabs the spot opens a car length as Gant wiggles a little bit and now Bill Elliott has used that opportunity to close within about three or four car lengths. Good Saturday night short tracking.
1: Behind Darrell Waltrip the action has been fantastic. Labonte now the second place car. Gantt is third. Elliott is fourth. Ricky Rudd is in the fifth spot. Mark down, Tim Richmond in 6th position, Jeff Bodine 7th, all one lap back, and Fett, boy,
2: there's a banging going on in turn two. Richard Petty got tagged on the inside by the number 86 car of Darrell Sage, the youngster, 17 years old, has been in the thick of the action here tonight. He got into the side of Petty, Richard kept it clean, but they're right in front of Ricky Rudd, so that could have been a problem for him.
1: Petty is two laps down, he's the 8th place car, racing along with Ron Bouchard, who is four laps back.
0: Nashville, Tennessee, as the laps are winding down to the Bush 420. Waltrip still on a lead lap all by himself. Terry Labonte has moved up into the number two spot, getting around Harry Gant a moment ago. As some shakeups began to take place here toward the end of the race, as everybody is putting on a charge right now, trying to get as close to the front as they possibly can. Tough break for Bill Elliott, coming off
1: a fine second place finish by just a car length and a half to Bobby Allison. He's coasted into the garage, and Ned Jarrett is there.
3: Well, he's crawled out of that mailing tool Ford, Bill, what went wrong? Evidently,
7: I dropped a valve, Ned. I don't know. It just started skipping and it started smoking.
3: You were making perhaps your best short track run ever in NASCAR Winston Cup competition.
7: Well, that last set of tires, the car got awfully loose, but there were a couple of sets before it really got to running good.
3: Well, we're sorry to see you out of You put on a good show out there. There's another, another race next time.
0: Bill Elliott, who talks slow but runs fast when he gets on a racetrack, whether it be a short one or a big one, and he'll be at Pocono in a couple of weeks up there, and he almost won that race up there. Last time we were there, he had a good run going and had some problems late in the race. So the laps wind down here at Nashville, Tennessee in the Bush 420. Can anybody do anything with Darrell Waltrip? They haven't been able to do it either in May when we were here, and they haven't been able to do it tonight. Trouble on
1: the Mark Martin car. He came by the front stretch very slowly cut to the inside, and now heads over for Dave Despain in the back stretch.
2: He's coasting down on the safety apron. He's out of everybody's way. Martin looks like he'll be able to make it back to the pits. The car is running, but he's at very, very low speed as he heads for pit road. That was the 12th place car.
1: Let's take you back through the field with 50 laps to go here at Nashville. Waltrip, of course, is the leader. They understand that the throttle linkages slipped on the 0-2 car as Martin heads for pit road. Waltrip the leader by a lap. Terry Labonte in the second position. Harry Gant rides along third. Bill Elliott was fourth at the time he coasted into the garage area, so Tim Richmond will take over that fourth spot. Fifth will be Ricky Rudd, and sixth will be Jeff Bodine. Seventh is Richard Petty, two laps back. Eighth is Dale Earnhardt, three laps off the pace. Ninth is Jody Ridley, who is four laps down. Tenth was Mark Martin five laps off the pace. That will move Ron Bouchard up to 10th, Dave Marcus to 11th, Lake Speed to 12th, 13th is Joe Rutman, 14th is Jimmy Means, 15th is Darrell Sage, 16th is James Hilton, and 17th, the last car running at the moment, is Tommy Gale.
0: So that's the way the field is running here at Nashville, Tennessee, in the Bush 420. Bobby Allison, if you joined our broadcast earlier and heard us say that he was in the garage area with an axle problem, they did replace that. In fact, they put two in the car before they got him back out of the racetrack. And he lost, what, 37 laps, I think he said. But he is back out there trying to accumulate as many Winston Cup points as he possibly can and still running at the end of the race here tonight. Well, he's picked up at least two, posi- or at least one position
1: now with Bill Elliott dropping out of the race. And as Mark Martin continues to have problems, if they can't get
3: that repaired. The pro- uh, Mike, the problem on that car, the throttle linkage has broken on it. Herb Nab has gone to the garage area to try to, to get one. Mark has the, the uh, window screen unfastened. They're putting the hood back down on it now. Now whether they're, they're going to give it up or whether they're going to send him back out. Right now, it looks like they're going to push him to the garage area and hopefully try to repair it and get him back out.
1: Well, that'll be costly for Martin. He's the champion spark plug rookie point leader, but Jeff Bodine has been eating into that lead all season, just the way another fellow northerner, Ron Bouchard, did to Morgan Shepherd's point lead last year, and Bouchard became the rookie of
0: the year. Well, Darrell Waltrip, who has dominated the field again here at Nashville, and he didn't even expect to do it a second time himself.
10: Oh, you know, it's one of those things that you hope for, and something that you really enjoy when it's happening, but the sad part is that you gotta come back here and do it again, and the competition is just too great, and there are too many good cars in the field to expect to have another night like that, but we had one, and it was fun anyway. Walter, truthfully, (laughs) didn't think he was gonna leave the field like he has tonight, but
0: I think Junior Johnson and the crew, the kind of homework they do on that race car, when you put them on a short track, look out. When we were here in May, Harry Gant let a lap. Otherwise, it was
1: all Waltrip. Tonight, Morgan Shepherd led the first 20 laps. Bill Elliott led one lap
0: under the caution. Other than that, it has been all Waltrip. Well, he's not giving up any ground. He is still setting a blistering pace, hasn't backed out of the throttle. The car's done exactly what he needed it to do all night. Dave Despain, if he needed to run high, got caught in traffic, he could put it where he wanted to.
2: He's been able to save the tires, too. That's a big key, because he's been able to pick his line and hasn't had to battle with anybody. Waldrop's not having the least little bit of a handling problem. Everybody back there running uh, at lesser speed is slipping and sliding all over the racetrack. So that's a key to how well they put that car together tonight.
0: Terry Labonte can do nothing but just ride right now, and watch Walter wind around this racetrack. He got up there to him a couple of times, so did Harry Gant. so did a half a dozen other drivers, but nobody's been able to knock him out of the lead.
1: Bobby Allison is racing hard against Jeff Bodine, and they're right in front of the leader. Allison is 37 laps off the pace, but he is giving no quarter to Bodine, who is about to go two laps down, if Waltrip could do anything with him. The last time Waltrip went by these two, they were running for second and third spot, and Waltrip had a tough time. He's underneath Bodine in the back stretch.
2: He's got about half of one of those positions right now as he goes side-by-side with a very loose Jeff Bodine machine. Wondrup wisely making this pass on the inside. Last time he went around on the outside. I wouldn't want to be on the outside of Jeff's car tonight.
0: Darrell isn't going to take any chances with the Mountain Dew cars. He keeps it down to the inside groove, and Bobby Allison pulls away a little bit more. Darrell will pick his place to pass if he sees an opening that looks like he can get it through there. He'll probably make the move. Otherwise, he'll ride just exactly where he is.
1: That's kind of like one of the canons of short track racing when you're passing or lapping a car. One of New England's top short track strategy drivers, Peter Fiandaka from Fitchburg, Mass., told me once, he says, I do all my passing on the inside because they can't stuff you into that outside wall when you're underneath them.
0: It's the best philosophy I've heard in racing in a long, long time. With Daryl Waltrip out front, Terry Labonte riding second here at Nashville, Tennessee. And if I could see that scoreboard, I tell you how many laps to go. 390 down, 30 to go.
1: Daryl Waltrip has just put another lap on Bobby Allison. Had a tough time doing it. Allison, despite being 37 laps down, is a never say die kind of driver, and he's hanging right there with the leader. Waltrip on a lap by himself. He's put Bodine a lap down, so there now are four cars that are one lap off the pace as Mark Martin comes back onto the speedway from the garage area having repaired that
0: throttle linkage problem. And Nashville, Tennessee, the Bush 420 will be history here very shortly. Darrell Waltrip continues to just take the same line as he has when there's no traffic in front of him. He'll put that car right to the bottom of the racetrack. I don't think he's buried more than a couple of hundreds a second all night long unless he run up on a pack of traffic and had to come out of the throttle for a moment. The car has worked and performed for him. A driver couldn't ask for more than that machine has done for him here tonight.
1: Well, the at- Gillette after lap leader standings, Waltrip leading that category going into tonight's race by 300 laps over Bobby Allison. And if he continues on and wins this race. He will lead 399 laps tonight, and that will give him almost a 700-point bulge on Allison, Dale Earnhardt, Neil Bonnet, and Benny Parsons in those standings. Next week is an off weekend for Winston Cup Racing. As we told you earlier, Motor Racing Network will go to Michigan for the cart. Norton, Michigan 500, the Indianapolis Cars, Gordy Johncock having one of his best seasons ever for the STP Patrick team, the victory at Indianapolis again up at Milwaukee, and rookie driver Bobby Rahal winning last week on the airport circuit at Cleveland, Ohio. Should be an interesting race over many of these MRN stations. Two weeks from today, the Mountain Dew 500 at Pocono International Raceway, that unique trioval, two-and-a-half mile racetrack in Pennsylvania, and in three weeks, the fastest speedway on Earth, and we'll see if Jim Freeman will get the, thump the drum are about a 14th different winner in that Talladega 500. No driver has ever won it twice. Finishes like that one last year involving Ron Bouchard, Terry Labonte, and Darrell Waltrip are the reason why. Here in Nashville, 400 laps are in the books. There's just 20 to go for Darrell Waltrip, the Duke crew, Junior Johnson's machine after a spate of bad luck over the past five weeks. The last time they were in victory lane, as Marty told you earlier, was right here back in May. They have certainly found the handle on this racetrack. Practiced only until noon this afternoon. Put the car up on blocks when the rains came early this afternoon. Waited for race time and then strutted their stuff. After Morgan Shepard led the first 20 laps, Bill Elliott led one lap under caution. It has been all Waltron. Terry Labonte taking over second spot from Harry Gant a few laps ago. And Ricky Rudd now closing in on the Gant machine. Gant riding in third. Rudd is now posted unofficially in the fourth position and
0: Barney looks like he's gaining some ground on Gantt. Ricky Rudd has had a good run here tonight and Richard Childress and the team put in an awful lot of practice along with Ricky Rudd here to get that car dialed in and it has paid off for them. They have lost only a lap here as has most of the rest of the field in fact all the rest of the field for that matter but they've been right up in the thick of things all the way from second, third, fourth position. They've never been that far back all night long for the Piedmont Airlines team of Ricky Rudd and Richard Childress. Just kidding here in the booth hoping somebody would make a race for it and
1: pulling for James Hilton in just about that time this big plume of smoke. Went up and fire from underneath the hood of car number 48, the James Hilton automobile, the Palatine Auto Parts Pontiac out of Inland, South Carolina. The crew has got that fire out, and Hilton was apparently out of the Bush 420.
0: You know, Hilton is an amazing race driver in his own right, and I guess he goes back a long time. He used to be one of the chief mechanics, I think, on Ned Jarrett's car a long time ago. Am I right on that, Ned? That's
3: exactly right, uh, Barney. He started driving, uh, uh, well, he drove a race or two when he was my chief mechanic. We'd take two cars when we were going on what was called a northern tour back then. And so he ran, uh, uh, started a couple of races there, and I think that sort of gave him the bug. And so he... Uh, he got on with the racing then uh,
0: after leaving our team as a crew chief. You get to looking back through the record books, and it's amazing how many races that Hilton has run over the years since the early 60s. He's run about as many races as anybody except Richard Petty. Probably so, and he, of course, is one of those winners
1: of the Talladega 500 that has had so many dark horse winners in its 13-year history
0: coming up August 1st. Darrell Waltrip's bound to be looking at the scoreboard. The scoreboard over in the south end of the speedway as he whirls around the Bush 420 here, trying to make it two in a row, having one here in May and led every lap except one. He's pretty well had the field covered all night tonight as he zips around here. Terry Levante hangs on to second spot. He is a lap down as the laps wind out here at Nashville, Tennessee. Supporting the
1: scoreboard is a lap off, so Waltrip is that much closer to the checkered flag here at Nashville International Raceway. And this race, for Darrell, almost a carbon copy of the one here in May. He led all but one lap just disappeared from the field, lapped the field and then settled into a comfortable pace and cruised to victory in the junior Johnson Mountain Dew Buick and perhaps they have turned their season around. In the past weeks things have not gone their way. They've lost a few engines and suffered mechanical misfortune and have not finished a lot of races lately. Waltrip has dropped to third in the Winston Cup point standings, trying to defend his title and looks to be headed back toward the top with a victory here tonight.
0: Well there's been a lot of, I think, write-ups in different newspapers around the country that there's a lot of dissension in that team between Daryl and Junior Johnson and we talked to both of them here at Nashville Tennessee and Junior said he wondered where all that came from because as far as he was concerned Daryl was as good a driver as he's ever had in the car and there was no problem he didn't feel like there was any problem at all and he still thinks they'll win the Winston Cup Championship so all they needed to do was get some breaks they had some mechanical problems and I think they're getting the team turned around. They certainly have here tonight. Still
1: have 14 races
0: left to do it in. The goodies Headache
1: Award voted by the press to the driver who experiences the biggest headache in the preparation or running of the Bush 420 has been voted to the likable Dawson, George, Dawsonville, Georgia driver, Bill Elliott, whose Melling Tool car was in contention here, running in the fourth spot when it apparently lost an engine and Bill coasted to the garage area out of the race. So Bill Elliott takes home $300 from Goodies Headache Powders and Goodies Pain Relief Tablets for the biggest headache tonight. He'll also get a sample of goodies to help cure that headache, but I think Marty, the smile is still on his face from Daytona last week. That's a terrific finish with he and Bobby
0: Allison. I think everybody in the garage, every place we go lately feels like this young driver is going to win a race before too long. And his team certainly feels that way, and most of the drivers feel like that if he can just get one tiny break somewhere down the road, he'll be in victory lane.
2: Two laps to go for Daryl Waltrip. Let's follow him around as he goes to turn two and Dave to Spain. He's working in about as much traffic as he's seen in a long time now. Coming up the inside of Dave Marcus with Dale Earnhardt still ahead of him. Waltrip's being very picky about his places to
0: pass now. He's got all the time in the world. Waltrip drops down to the inside of Dave Marcus as he comes out of that fourth corner. Harold Kinder sticks the finger up and gives him that white flag indicating one lap to go as he zips off into turn number one.
2: He may not have expected to do this tonight, Barney, but he has certainly done it with a lack Darryl Waltrip has just walked all over this field tonight. He's going to put a move on Marcus down the back stretch and turn toward that checkered flag. Darryl
1: Waltrip picks his way under Dave Marcus. Here comes Bobby Allison, and those three cars will come to the finish stripe under a blanket. Marcus edges off and beats Waltrip to the flag. It'll be Darryl Waltrip winning here in the bush for 20, beating Terry Labonte and Harry Gantt. Darrell Waltrip has won the Bush 420 here. He's done it by a lap over Harry Gantt, uh, rather Terry Labani finishing in second spot, and Labonte may just get the point lead back from Bobby Allison. Labani is second. Harry Gantt will finish third. Ricky Rudd is fourth. In the fifth spot will be Tim Richmond. All of those cars are one lap down. Two laps off the pace. Jeff Bodine finishes in sixth. Richard Petty is seventh. Eighth will go to Dale Earnhardt this evening, three laps off the pace. In the ninth spot will be Jody Ridley. Tenth will be Ron Bouchard. Bouchard was five laps off the pace. Eleventh to Dave Marcus, just six laps down. Twelfth is J.D. McDuffie, and thirteenth is Joe Rutman. Fourteenth to Jimmy Means, in the fifteenth spot to Mark Martin. Sixteenth will be Tommy Gale. Seventeenth to Bobby Allison, 37 laps back, but still charging. And eighteenth was James Hilton. Picking up the 19th position tonight will be the Bill Elliott machine. 20th will be D.K. Ulrich. 21st to Buddy Arrington. 22nd is Kyle Petty. And 23rd, Buddy Baker. 24th will be Daryl Sage. 25th, the pole sitter Morgan Shepard. In the 26th spot would be Lenny Pond. 27th to Lake Speed. And the 28th place car would be Slick Johnson. We'll go to Victory Lane after this from Nashville International Raceway. This is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Back at Nashville International Raceway where Darrell Waltrip has just worn out the field here in the Bush 420. Let's go to Ned Jarrett in Victory Lane.
3: Well, Darrell Waltrip has not brought them out to uh, Buick into Victory Lane, but Junior Johnson is here. Junior, you really had the car dialed in again once again here at Nashville.
12: Well, Ned, it's, uh, you know, this is a big boost to us. We've had a lot of problems in the last four or five weeks, and uh, you know little bitty things that's just been putting us out in the engine department and this is what it takes I think to get us back on track. Junior we were talking during the broadcast
3: as we look back over the years your cars have always of course they perform well on every racetrack but
12: particularly on the short tracks.
3: A lot of that has to go back to your driving days I feel.
12: Well I, I think it's a, a combination of things. Uh, yeah, drivers like Daryl and, and some of them boys that's run a lot of these short track races uh, kind of fits our qualifications for a place like this and Martinsville and a lot of these places. So, uh, I got to, you know, contribute a whole lot of that to Darrell. Well, you
3: can, you're can. you being modest there to, to say the least because you know what it takes to run these kind of tracks and it definitely is different from setting a car up to run a big racetrack.
12: Well, it is. You, t- you go to Daytona and places like that, you, you, you're you looking for horsepower and most of the time when you go after horsepower, you, you're lucky if you get by without having some sort of engine problem. but. Uh, We've been running awful good at Talladega, and we really, uh, Daytona's kind of bugging us a little bit right now. Next time we go back there, we're going to try to defeat that place if we can. Well, he says that with a grin on his face, but with a lot of uh, truth in his voice.
3: They really want to do it, and I'm sure that they will be doing it. They still, I assume that they stopped the car at the scales and to gas it up, uh, Mike Joy is the reason that they haven't brought it yet to victory lane. It's on its way to you now, Ned.
1: You remember the last time we were here in May, it took Darrell almost as much time to find Victory Lane as it did take him to lap the field because all of the gate areas coming up to Victory Lane were blocked. So now you should have a good view of the Duke Crew Buick coming up to victory lane right toward you. He
3: is coming right directly at our position here and his wife Stevie is here uh, uh, waiting on him to pull it into victory lane and I'll tell you you know we were talking about uh, the uh, battle scars that we see on a lot of those race cars this one doesn't have a lot of on it because he was able to go exactly where he wanted to during uh, the evening and he's coming over here to us right now. Darrell, congratulations on another super run here at Nashville.
11: Thank you Ned. Uh, i like to thank My sponsor, uh, Mountain Dew and Junior and all the crew and thank the good Lord for a safe race and uh, had no problems. Everything went very well.
3: Well, I just asked Junior Johnson, what is it? You folks seem to set that car up so well here. It just works just perfectly.
11: We got a good memory.
3: (laughs) In other words, you set her up just like you had her back in May.
11: (laughs) We sure did, Ned, and uh, the car just really performed so well and, uh, you know, Junior and the boys have really been working hard because we have had a little bit of bad luck here lately, and I know they were as tense about tonight as I was, and I held my breath uh, all the latter laps of the race, saying, come on, baby, finish for me here in front of all these good old Nashville people, all my hometown folks.
3: There was one point in the race there. You lapped the field pretty easily there in the first 150 laps, and it looked like you were going to be able to ride, pick your way through the traffic, but then Harry Gantt came out running strong, perhaps made you run a little bit stronger than you wanted to at that point.
11: Well, it, you know, he did for a few laps, seemed like he could hang with me, and then he faded, you know, as we'd go along. But, uh, I, you know, I really didn't need that. But uh, since he was already a lap down and we were able to outrun him, it, it made, uh, actually, it made the race a little bit better for me because it kept me alert and going. And, and uh, otherwise, I might have got a little reckless. And uh, when you got a big lead, sometimes that happens. I got to say hello to everybody back in Wilkesboro, uh, Flossie and julie and everybody listening back there too for junior
3: Daryl it's quite a different scene here in victor lane for the bush 420 this year than a year ago when you were here uh you're in much better physical condition
11: well we do have the car working better than we had it back then and uh as you noted uh, we didn't have bobby allison hounding us all night long so that helped too
3: and the temperature wasn't quite as high tonight. it's
11: not nearly as hot this year as it was last year and i thank the good lord for that because I, I never been so sick in my life, so it feels real good to get out of the race car and be able to walk and talk like a normal person.
3: Well, congratulations again. This was a turning point for you last year. Maybe
11: it'll be again this year. It will be, Ned. I pray that it will be, and I think it will.
1: Well, Barney Hall, at the start of this evening, everybody said, including most of the drivers in the pit area, that this would
0: not be a Darrell Waltrip runaway, and we're all fooled again. Well, the Junior Johnson team, as usual, have kind of put together the type of race car and the handling capabilities that they have always done on short tracks over the last few years here nashville (laughs) martinsville richmond everywhere they go they seem to be the team to beat but the key more so than winning this race and dominating it like they did i think was the fact that the team has turned around again they went into a slump as we commented when we first came on the air there were several teams that were looking for a good finish here tonight bobby allison really wanted one to kind of hang on to the winston cup points lead he may still have done it even though he finished pretty far back but I don't think he did so what he had hoped to accomplish here tonight didn't materialize as they had some problems with the car however Terry Labonte and Jake Elder felt like they needed a good finish to get right back up in the thick of things and they did it again they finished second here right behind so uh, that's pretty that incredible. battle for the Winston Cup Point Championship is unreal. Well Labonte will take over the lead Allison will hold on to second and Waltrip will
1: close in third for Labonte that is his sixth official Winston Cup finish this season he also finished second in the Bush Clash and second in the Daytona 125-mile qualifier, so that's eight runner-up finishes, I guess he's become the new Harry Gantt.
0: Well, he certainly has. If he's had, I didn't realize he'd finished second that many times in that many events. So he has taken over Harry Gant's, uh kind of place in the second place finish department.
1: Our thanks to Dave Despain who covered the action on the backstretch and two-time Winston <laughs> Cup champion Ned Jarrett on pit road. For Butch Owens, our statistician John McMillan, our director Harry Howard, our engineer, and for Marty Hall, this is Mike Joy. Good evening from Nashville International Raceway.
0: Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MR.
5: For all the latest news and information, any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.